season three of the Screaming Idiot Show rolls the fuck on as my voice voice blip blip yep. Voice cracks like a little fucking girl. <clears throat> Hope everybody has enjoyed their week. Glad to have you guys back. I think we're on what? Are we on episode four? Season three? Uh, season three, three, three or four. four. Oh, is episode like 14 or 15 now? Well, no. season three. No, season three. No, I'm just saying in, in total. It's like 15. Because that's, that's how I label it on the computer. Oh, yeah, you do do it like that. I don't know. It's kind of all run together because... My God, we're putting out a bunch of content, boys. I mean, it's, between the, the pods, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We just be dropping bangers, baby. Hey, you know, we're trying to compete and, and show everybody out there why we're the best uh, metal music podcast on the, on the fucking market. So, what's up? So, we got a guest <laughs> in studio, and I'm going to let Tyler uh, introduce him, and I'm going to let you take off, boys. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, in the house, we have Mitchell T., AKA Fear Dog. What up? AKA your girlfriend's new boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that at the, All the time. At the skating rink. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a catchphrase, like <laughs> back in the day. There's worse catchphrases out there. The, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. You know what I mean? I've slid it in, a, in there a few times myself. <laughs> and I'm a grown ass man. Like. <laughs> That's what they're telling me, anyways. No, but. Yeah, so Glad yeah, I mean, in, uh, Mitch has been a good friend of mine for a very long time. Um, we have kind of followed each other in this uh, musical journey from kind of the beginning. I mean, we we both started in uh, in concert band. Yep, doing percussion, a percussion section, and cool. you know, fucking around with the drums and all of that. And that's where we kind of learned the fundamentals of music, literally, and. Uh, you know, we, we developed our friendship through middle school and into high school and um, always kind of supported each other in, in our musical ventures. Um, Mitch kind of went off on a on a different direction than I did. I went more rock metal, and uh, Mitch is actually a rapper. Yeah. Uh, more rap, hip-hop. But the first stuff. time we ever collaborated, it sounded like some Lincoln... <laughs> It sounded like some Lincoln Park shit, but like, <laughs> dude, you remember me like drinking like juice and shit, trying to get a raspy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I was like trying to get my voice to sound more raspy. And I was like, what can we do? And I, I was like drinking like pop and like a bunch of sugary stuff, trying to get like the phlegm built up in my throat. <laughs> so that it would come out like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then I tried to rap once. Yeah. And then he rapped on one of my songs. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, it wasn't it was bad. Like, I, I thought the way we, we did it, we layered it with these crazy effects and like it, it wasn't I mean, bad. You can polish a turn, but it's still oh, a yeah. turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he turned into T.I. That motherfucker had more auto-tune than T.I. You mean T-Pain? Did I say T.I.? Yeah. I don't know rap, bro. There are those guys that rap. So, yeah, I... Um, you know, you, Mitch was in town. Um, he kind of moved away from the area, and he hit me up, said he was in town this weekend. We just happened to have the, uh, um, you know, booked the, the session for us to go ahead and record this episode. And so we kind of play, did an audible, went ahead and had Mitch on. Um, kind of want to go ahead and start the way that we, we typically start with all of our guests and kind of start with your musical journey where – you first started falling in love with music. Um, why it is you listen to the music that you do? 
Yeah, so for me, it sort of started in the back of my grandparents' car. Listening to Grease. Okay. Grease. Why am I not familiar? You know, the the, the movies, movie? The movie soundtrack. Yeah, oh, that's what okay. I thought you were talking okay. about. Yeah. And uh That's something grandparents would listen to. Yeah, so I don't know. Like not just that, like that's just like the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Like being young and stuff. But then, you know, it just it just shifted because everything my dad listened to was different. Everything my mom listened to was different. So like I just got a lot of different like mm -hmm. tastes of like different generations that I didn't even know, mm -hmm. you know, what this stuff was or what you know, what when you're, it was you're a kid in the back seat of a car. Right. Like, you don't know when don't it's know from. You just like it. You but you're like a sponge at the same yeah. time. Like I remember when I was a kid, you're just a sponge to so much stuff around. That's you. why I got Walker listening to Death Corps right, <laughs> right. now. Like, yeah. Trying to you know, maybe Disturbing. by the time he's like maybe by the time he's ten he'll be into like Fallout Boy or something. <laughs> so then it just gravitated towards, okay, now I like, you know, Nelly and you know, Ooh, fucking Nelly, that's my guy. Yeah, and then you know, um, Shit, Nirvana for sure. You know, yeah. but Dad loved Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam was my dad's okay. favorite band. Okay, and uh, but all grunge, you know, Guns and Roses. Like, yeah, um, this guy was a big GNR guy when yeah. we were in like middle school. Yep. Yeah. So. Hey, just e just everything, you know, the Beatles, you know, mm -hmm. like just, just Oh, even some older shit. Okay. Yeah, so just everything. Basically Elvis, all that shit, you know. And then Dude, I love Elvis. Like I don't even know if these two dudes know this, but like I just every once in a great while I will get in a mood and I will like turn on some Elvis. It's just a vibe. Like I get why he was so incredibly popular back mm -hmm. in the fifties, <clears> you know. So yes, I, f I felt that. People listening to the show are probably going, What the fuck? This is like one of the biggest fucking metalheads out there. I'm like, yeah, dude, I listen to it. I love Michael Jackson. Oh, like, you know, for like sure. MJ's whoo, and greatest uh, entertainer in the world, by the way. Yeah. He's the greatest entertainer ever. Shut up. You shut up. Period. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Shut up, bitch. Shit, bitch. <laughs> uh, so the I'm the guy that gets shit on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're always shitting on everybody else. It's your turn. Sorry, Ram. bitch. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, but the thing about Elvis was, you know, <clears throat> yeah, he didn't write his own stuff, but no. he just had a really good voice. Yeah, you know, and a great yeah. stage presence. Yeah. So yes. I I used to discredit him, but mm -hmm. then I kind of was like, you know what? It's a talent in it. Yeah. His voice. He's yeah. got that. God, we're getting on a. T I don't mean to get on this tangent, but. Wise men <laughs> say, like he makes his voice like flutter. Ooh, awesome. yeah, it's Some crazy vibrato. But, I watched you know, Michael Bublé do a video on like how Elvis did what he did, and it's mm -hmm. fucking crazy. But then as I Enough with that grew to be Sorry. a teen, I, I basically got into like Hollywood Undead and cool. You oh know, yeah, um, I remember us jamming that shit a lot. I used to listen to quite a bit of Hollywood Ooh. Undead, actually. Yeah. It was just because they were... fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, they it, kind it of fell off, jam. but they're still putting out new music. They Are just, they? They kind of feel like the old guys in the scene, These and like that that punk, like that rap metal kind of shit. They yeah. kind of feel like the old dudes now, which is weird. Because they are old, bro. Yes, like, yeah. but they, they, they were popular 15 yeah. years ago. I mean, are they Fred Durst old? No. I didn't think mm -mm. so. They're not, okay. they're not that old yet. All right, fair enough. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah, so, you, off, brother. you know... And then it was just like My Chemical Romance, you know, all this, uh, Taking Back Sunday, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, Mayday uh, Parade. So, so were you a, you a punk rock. fan, like some 41, yeah, Blink-182, like 
punk and like scene or emo okay. yeah. type stuff. Paramore, Flyleaf. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, made it. You said you're, aren't you? A, you're a big Avril Lavigne fan. Oh yeah, oh, I, I had a crush on her. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, hey, oh, didn't we all? This, <laughs> didn't this we all? dude swore he was going to marry that woman. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I swear, one of her jams comes on. I was at the fucking ice cream shop downtown. And one of her songs came on, and I'm singing Avril Lavigne. Tears in your eyes. In, in the middle of the ice cream shop so I like, with my kids and shit. I like uh, Orianthe. And yeah. Probably because she is an absolutely incredible guitarist, but like her music itself, like I really like. She was like the metal Avril Lavigne. You're going oh, to have yeah. to send me some of that because I don't know I'm not familiar. Really? Oh, I've yeah. probably heard. I, I might have heard it, but. What like, about uh, Evanescence? Oh, yeah. Oh, What's her name? Man. Amy, Amy Lee. 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 Yeah. 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 So I think they were incredibly popular before they did the collab with Shinedown, you know, before mm-hmm. she did that. Yeah. That shit with Shinedown. But yeah, you, so you got, you know, a lot of that punk going on. You know, as a teenager, the sure. teenage angst. You got to be a punk rock fan when you're yeah. a teenager, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was into the emo stuff too. Like, yeah. But when I when I think of like emo, like to me, what it was back in the day was like Black Veil Brides, right? Uh, Asking Alexandria, Attack, Attack, the used Crab Court, Crab the Court, used, shit. yep, yep. The used. Yeah, I was into a lot of those Crab Court bands. Um, so I, I feel you in the sense of the, the emo side there. The yeah. punk I never really well, dude, got even, crazy even into. Even Fallout Boy was great. They were man. emo. I mean, they were yeah. seen. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, and I like I like Fallout Boy. Yeah. I would say that punk has a tremendous influence on modern metal. Yes, I mean it mm-hmm. is. Do you think modern metal in the sense of metalcore, or do you think like metal? <laughs> Like metalcore. I mean, look, this is what we do. The, I know, I know. <laughs> the idea of like the the, the mix between and screaming yep. and and clean vocals, I'm pretty sure came from punk before right. it came from like you know these like thrash old thrash mm-hmm. metal bands and stuff or, like like that. power metal, right. de- doom metal, death metal, so, black metal. All you that know, shit. punk punk bands been yeah. doing that. You know. So, Early nineties, late eighties, like that that's that's been a thing for a while in the punk realm. And I think some of that kind of bled over into some of these heavier Here you metal go. bands that Here's had, a dictionary definition of metalcore. Our favorite me and him, at least, me and Preston, our favorite genre or subgenre of music. Metalcore, also known as metallic hardcore is a fusion music genre that combines elements of extreme metal and hardcore punk. Mm. Fuck. Yes. Ding, ding, no ding. way. That's well, crazy. I mean, like, I mean, when you think about it, we, if you we listen talk about to hardcore, you talk, we were yeah. jamming the new yeah. Polaris song before yeah. we started recording. You're like, man, this is fucking awesome. And you, you like, you enjoyed that. Right. Because, like the rap screaming and yep. like the, the flow of the song, you can feel kind of the punk vibe in there. So that's probably why you kind of vibe. You ought, to, you ought to really dive into Polaris. Yeah, I'm definitely going to now. Even if that you're not a big, track. if you're not a big fan of like unclean vocal, like screams and shit, and that's all. You know, a lot of people aren't. Polaris is that one band that I think everybody can be a fan of. Because mm-hmm. their screams aren't like too harsh per se. You know, yeah, they, like they're the one they just said, the one that you. It's just not played. like yeah. the the low. Yeah, you couldn't yeah, do right. deathcore like I, yeah. I've heard deathcore, my friend. My friend, he's really into deathcore. He showed me a lot, and I was just like, "Man, this, yeah. this is blowing out my I'm into, <laughs> you yeah. know, the modern deathcore bands like Slaughter to Prevail, Lorna Shore that like incorporate a lot of 
uh, metalcore when it comes to the music and shit. So it, I vibe with that. But yeah, especially like God, if you listen to like Cannibal Corpse or something, where they're going, yeah, <laughs> it's like. And it's the like big squeeze. Yeah, everything is just like a triple time, triple it. Like yeah, everything, everything's yeah. triples, dude. Open triples. <laughs> yep. So okay, Mitch, back to your story. We just went on a tangent. We're welcome yeah, to the Silly Idiots. So we, we 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 went off at punk. punk. Yeah, because punk rock rocks. Yeah. So then, basically, around eighth grade, I try to be in a band. Mm-hmm. Really, and. What kind of band? I vaguely remember this. It was with my friend. Um, you don't have to name drop him. If yeah, you like it's all good. Uh, we called ourselves Organized Chaos at first, and then we okay. changed the name to what kind of band? Was Celestial like a punk band? Murder. Celestial Murder. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a progressive <laughs> deathcore band. That sounds metal as fuck. Yeah. You know, it's like, so what kind? I mean, were you trying to be a punk band or? I don't like, know what we were. Tr- basically, it was just a lost cause. Like this was just an <laughs> epic fail. You you know, do you remember Preston? Do you so remember like, Alive? You probably don't remember that, do you? Oh, I remember the yeah the name. So me, yeah. him, and our buddy that we found on the show twice, Derek Muncie, and uh, another guy named Trey Anderson. We were trying to start a band. We were going to call it Alive. It's like, bro, how like lame is that? <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, tell him your first band name. <laughs> Look, we had a high fire. And uh, standard, standard, standard was the one I remember. Yeah. Standard's kind of cool though, to me, bro. There's a band out there that's really popular that I actually like called Filter. Filter, yeah. I mean, come on. So, yeah. so tell me about tell me about Celestial Murder. Yeah, so it was just it was just <laughs> trash, you know. It was just pure trash. I mean, like a man has just... to know his limitations. <laughs> hey, okay? you shut the fuck up. I was you playing my shit. I was playing drums, you know. My friend James. James was singing, and you know, so you like, can drum. Oh, James was singing. Yeah, and like, fully, I mean, uh, yeah. So there was a couple. There was a couple of people who like we all came over, got in my garage. I was playing drums jamming. and just jamming, you know. And but you know what? At when you when you look back on that time, you're like, damn, that shit was kind of fun. Wasn't it, it was for sure. Because I mean, it's and like, like me, it's just great memories, you know. Me and him right. think about you know the two of us or a couple of buddies, you know, Caleb Boysel. On drums, we were just jamming on 15-watt practice amps thinking we were, like, going to be rock stars yep. when we like, 15, man. Like, that shit's cool. Like, when you look back on it. Yeah. Now we're old and we don't do that shit as much. And so, basically, nobody took it, like, seriously. So, mm-hmm. I was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to make my own music. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, then I was like, I'm going to download this Mixcraft. It was called Mixcraft. And this was on, like, Windows Vista. Yeah, That, that was, like, free shit. Wasn't it? So this is like 2010. This is 2009. Okay. Yeah, this is 09. I download crazy shit on, uh, you know, Mixcraft on Windows Vista. Then I just like record a couple songs and just like, you know, show it a couple people. And like people were just making fun of me, like basically mm-hmm. at first because it wasn't that good, you know, none of it. You don't ever start off good. At Hell anything. no. So, so Hell when no. you went and did your own thing, did you go immediately to the hip hop? Or were you still trying to do punk? Yeah, so I just knew I that there was that. no way for me to create my own original. I had no way to record like a full band, a yeah. full, yeah. you right. know, or I had no idea how to record guitars or anything. Yeah. So, so but I was you knew like, how to track vocals. I didn't even know how to do that, but I just knew it'd be easier. Yeah, 
to okay. do that. Got a microphone, yeah. with a USB, and you and... got it. You got mixing <laughs> software, so you knew you could figure out at least how to track vocals and mix it. Yeah, so that's kind of YouTube wasn't even that big back then. No, so, like you, it... you didn't have somewhere to go to learn how to use this. Shit. No, but shout out to Shadow from Shadow. this dude from Boston. Uh, I used to watch his YouTube videos. That's how I first learned how to mix. That's really? cool. Okay, was cool. Uh, well, he's not. He's from Massachusetts. I don't know yeah, if it's near gotcha. Boston, but everywhere in Massachusetts is Boston. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it's it's all Boston. We're from man. Southern Ohio, bro. We, but, <laughs> you know, the big city is the state. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he was a big influence. Was like, oh well, this dude's like my age, like fifteen at the time, also mixing okay. his own okay. stuff. Nice. And so like, it just like motivated me to tr- want to try that, mm-hmm. and then. uh you know, just got progressively better, kept learning new stuff, and then eventually just got pretty good, started performing shows. Then in 2015, I went to the recording workshop. Mm-hmm. It's called the Recording Workshop. It's in uh, Chillicothe, and it's a – it's like a real studio, you know? like Right. You get like 100 hours plus of studio time in there, mm-hmm. and – uh it was really fun, and I got my advanced certificate in audio and uh, met a lot of cool people there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, th- you know, it's it's just cool being around all people who, like, are into music and passionate about it, yeah. like you are, you know? Absolutely. That's what's fun about that, and so, you know. So, so Mitch, when you were you going there for the purpose of, like, trying to become a producer, or was it just from the sense of, listen, I want to make – my art, my music better? Or was it a combination of both? It was definitely everything, like, it was all the above. Yeah. But, like, in the sense that I'm trying to make it lucrative. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so. If you're good at something, you never do it for free, buddy. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, tell me a little bit about that recording workshop. Because from from what I remember you you discussing with me about it, it was almost comical listening to you talk about this. Because you had already been doing this for, for so long. Oh, yeah. T- tell us a little bit about the experience. I mean, it was cool. Like, I met this one dude. He, he was from, like, Norway or something crazy. And then I met this other guy. <laughs> He was from. So he came from fucking Europe to come do this. Yeah, and this really? other guy came from Curacao. Where the hell's that? Yeah, it's where the hell's that? It's an island like near. Jam- I don't know if it's near Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's an came island from in an ocean to, to Chillicothe, Ohio, to do this thing. Yeah, because his dad did it in the eighties. And wow, his- me papa did that. <laughs> Sorry. And no, but for real, like his his dad like owns like a studio in Kirasol, so like he's gonna take over the family business one day or whatever. So like wow. he yeah. was like a real cool dude. He could play he could play the bass like Jimi Hendrix style, like upside down. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. And like he could basically play every instrument. And so like I, I met a bunch of dudes who were like super talented and stuff and and that was cool, but you know, the teachers they're, they were cool, like, R.I.P. to Greg. My my teacher, Greg, man, he died, like, I don't know, like a year or two ago. And he was so, he was a genius when it came to, like, listening to, like, the Sonics 
mm-hmm. like or whatever. Uh, like he could tell you exactly what mic somebody used in fucking 1980. Jesus, really? Yeah, okay. like he was just he just knew all that, that shit. had a really that, good that in ear tune with with the the sonic quality of everything. Exactly. Yeah, not only it. The way you explain it, he had to be one a gearhead, yeah. But then two, like, have the ear for to know. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, how was it being more in hip hop and rap and stuff, going to a place like that with people mostly like they they have experience with instruments and they're doing different styles of music. So I got super lucky because in the beginning they uh, they kind of ask you your interests and stuff Mm -hmm. and then they make these groups based off of your answers okay so they group you up with people who have this is at the recording workshop yeah okay so they group you up with people who have similar interests as you right and so my group was you know uh me elijah blake and uh the dude from curacao ramey this motherfucker remembers all their goddamn names Bro, I yeah, can't remember what I had for breakfast, my guy. <laughs> well, I, I, I stayed, I stayed in touch with Blake. Kids. I stayed in touch with Blake, but yeah, I mean, it was just a cool experience. But like, you know, we were we meshed because we all like hip hop, you know. Yeah. So, Ramy, he could play pretty much anything. Like, but he was into like the tropical, uh, Caribbean style music. Huh. Yeah, and uh, so it's Tyler, reggae <laughs> baby, and. Uh, and Eli, you know, he made hip hop beats, and and Blake made trap beats. So that's cool. What's the difference? Trap is just like, you know, they do a lot of triplets with the hi hat and you know stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Basically, so, just a different style of that that kind of. Is yeah. that a subgenre of hip hop, like metalcore? Pretty like much. You got metal, you got pretty much. Yeah. And like hardcore. In, in trap, I guess they Most only talk hardcore. about. I don't know whether it's the production that makes it trap or whether it's the actual lyrical content. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of been confusing. But the trap kind of production style. Yeah, the production style is just like speedy hi-hats and like. Yeah. It's thrash rap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just translate. Yes. I'm the translator of the. I'm, yes. the, I'm the host and the translator. I do it all. Listen. It is thrash rap. I got it. Okay. <laughs> trap trap rap or trap hip hop is thrash rap for all Let's you go. metalheads out there. Like and don't with, worry. With the booming bass. Don't worry, yeah. my fellow metalheads. Don't worry. We're not gonna talk about hip hop the whole time. Stay with me. Stay calm. Take a deep breath. Go listen to Sleep Token if you have to. Stay calm. We'll talk about that. But Oh God, you got that in the shit too? You got no. that in the show sheet too? I don't have a show sheet. I just I I, I riff it. This is the Tyler episode. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I told Tyler before the show, I'm like, you're you're making up the, the content for this one. It's sink or swim time, buddy. So and he's doing a great job. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> so, Mitch, I do have a question for you. You've talked a lot about the relationships that you've built. Um, and you said there's actually one, uh, Blake, I believe you said, yeah. that you've stayed in touch with. Yeah. We, we talked about on a previous episode, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, um, about uh, Tyler and I talked about building your network. Sure. And um, Preston as well. Uh, talked about in the music industry, just like in, in most, I think, professional ventures, it's not always about what you know, it's about who you know. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I always say that networking yeah. is the most important thing in life. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So would you say that through that experience um, that the, the, the relationships that you built were 
excuse me, more important than what you actually learn knowledge-wise there? That's a good question. I I did learn a lot of new stuff that I wasn't aware of, like, you know, busting stuff out to, to an ox channel and, like, just stuff that I never even... Technical shit. Yeah, technical yeah. stuff that I never even knew you could do. And, uh, but, but definitely the friendships and the memories, we were playing beer pong every night. Like, yeah. you know, like, so were you guys like all staying in a, like a house cabin? Okay. It's a cabin. How long was this process? This is like a few months. Okay. So it's basically like school. Yeah. It's school. Okay. It's like produ- producer awesome. school basically. Yeah. It's school. And it's like in the middle of nowhere, dude. Like, it's just like out in the middle of nowhere. It's in a real sketchy spot. <laughs> it's right, wrong turn shit yeah it's right down the street from a uh, trailer park which you know <laughs> i don't know that that doesn't mean much but well you know. if, you, if you're having trouble focusing in class you can just go up to the trailer park and get some meth <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go see walter white <laughs> get you some of that good glass <laughs> and so we we recorded but in there we recorded rock bands we recorded mostly rock bands Okay. Okay. So uh, probably because of how complex the sound is yeah. in that genre of music, and you have to, you're mixing so many different things: one to two guitars, drums, bass, all that, vocals. There's a uh, there's um, not to brag on our favorite genre of music, but there's a lot that goes into what we three of us you know really love. So that would make sense. Yeah. But, so um, go ahead, Tyler. You recently recorded kind of a rock album. Yeah. Oh, you did cool. a rock album? Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Like you or you recorded for someone? I, I recorded my own rock album. But is this what I see right, on Facebook? I, I do want to... Is I it Look wanna, Ahead? Look Around. Or Look Around. Sorry, Look Around. I do I do want to say I listened to a lot of it. Um, I only listened to it one time through. i got to be honest. I'm a yeah. friend. But... Um, <laughs> and I hate it! It was... <laughs> it, 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 to me, was was more like along the lines of when like Kid Cudi did sure. a rock album. Oh, uh, gotcha. Or, gotcha. Um, Little this Wayne is really did, like, a simplistic. Rock album. Prom Queen. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. It is not Little Wayne. <laughs> no, dude. it is not Little Wayne. But <laughs> he there. said, "Don't you dare fucking say that." No, I actually don't mind Rebirth. Like yeah. Rebirth is a decent album. Yeah. But, like, what's for Rebirth? It's a Lil Wayne rock album, but yeah, it that, cool. I got Prom Queen on it. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was still very hip hop, <laughs> but it had like some guitar. In it. I'm mixing so like what MGK's doing now. No, because I'm not That's doing punk. I'm not doing punk. This is like I would call this alternative. You did more acoustics. Though. Yeah, this is more alternative. Okay. And this is like, but like I'm mixing basically pop rock with alternative and maybe um, indie. Oh, sweet. Okay, sweet. So, and I, maybe we'll delve deeper into that, but something I'm realizing. So, of course, me, Kyler, Tyler, we ventured, especially as musicians, into this metal genre of, you know, we're playing guitar. And I'm trying to think of as as a singular artist, especially if you're into rap, hip hop, or something like that. Not only do you have to, this will sound stupid the way I explain this, but not only do you have to learn how to rap but then it's like you got to learn how to deal with the computers you got to learn how to make your like because you're not always going to have somebody around that's able to do that right for you. so so well you started off there was like websites you would go to and we would just like be scrolling through 
like a pre-recorded song that you can like put your your so that's rap bars that's on how it stuff. was. It was it's called SoundClick. Yeah, uh-huh. SoundClick. We used to download the beats off SoundClick and then record over it, and it was you know fr- free to use for non-profit or whatever. Yeah. So just had some fun doing that, and it just progressed to after I went to recording school, I learned how to make my own beats and stuff. So okay. okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, and that, the reason it's just so interesting to me because like I'm a guitar player, right? Like that's what I do. But then you're, it's like, yeah, I rap, but I I make the beats, I produce it, I mix it, this and that, and like that's a whole new world. Yeah, you're 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 doing it all. I mean, it's it's different than someone that's got somebody doing it for you. Yeah, and I guess I guess the reason I was bringing up the rock album is you know something you and I talked about in the car earlier is that. We're seeing more and more where rock and metal, they are incorporating some of these like hip hop beats, these synth sounds, things like that. Well, and for example, a few months ago, or maybe it's been over a year, like um, Bring Me the Horizon did a collab with Ed Sheeran, and it sounded fucking awesome. That sounds about right for Bring Me the Horizon. It was cool as shit, I swear to you. (laughs) Fucking EDM-ass pussies. I promise you, dude, it was cool as shit. Remember when they were Deathcore? Yeah, me too. Hey, I liked the new Bring Me the Horizon. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, one thing that I need to, to do, I bought a MIDI controller, and it's just sitting in a box up there. What the fuck is that? All right, well, we're going to we're, we're going to go in over over your head here in a bit. But, All right, I'm Kyler May. Nice like, to meet y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically a keyboard you plug, like a um, instrument you plug into your computer. Yeah, sounds like a drinks bud. Light. And you get multiple different sounds out of it. Yeah. Well, you 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 do like a synth um, yeah. plug in, and you get to set your sounds, and like each key you hit. Um, is the different sound, and that's kind of how they they make their beats. And I stuff just play guitar, bro. Right, but um, it's not as complicated as you think. I listen, I listen to things like new metal and whatnot, which was doing some of that back in the '90s, like Deftones and shit. Um, we we talk about Lincoln Park a lot. They kind of had a, a DJ rapper kind of mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, um, issues. Mike issues. Issues. Remember they had yeah. the, the dude doing the fucking... Oh, yeah. What are they called? Lent Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, they all had that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I love so that. So, seeing, seeing you go the opposite direction, being more of a rapper, hip-hop artist, that started incorporating rock, um, how was that kind of experience for you as far as trying to write this stuff and put the stuff together because if i'm not mistaken you never really tried to write like rock songs before yeah so i'd always um i'd always have like rock influenced i mean not always but like a a lot of times i would have rock influenced beats Okay. okay um i do remember a lot of instrumentation in the in the beats that you would pick yeah like i would I liked rock. Rock was my main genre that I preferred over hip hop, but I just didn't have the ability to record my own rock songs. Mm -hmm. So like, that was just like a dream of mine that I don't know why I didn't pick up acoustic when we were like hanging out every day, you know? Yeah. When I would Mm -hmm. be sitting in in the living room with you while you're on the computer rapping and shit. And I'm like playing the acoustic guitar, but we had no way of recording it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Bro, you ever heard of Jay Kurt? (laughs) 
Bro. Oh, look. No. Don't slander this, look, man. Look, look. No. All right. Let me tell you a story, man. Let me tell you. It's hey, hey, story time. Not too long ago. It's story time. Dude, oh, why'd you bring that look, up? Look, this dude. Yo, Jay. Jay Curry. Look, look. <laughs> look, this dude. I came rap battle Jay Curry. No, shut up. No, you fucking didn't. Look, look, you look. Piece shut of up. Shit. Shut up. Look, we're at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch and I are walking around the Fayette County fucking fair, and this dude comes up and he's like, "I wanna, I wanna rap battle you," and like he's he's with his entourage, <laughs> his yes. ginger entourage, yes. and like oh. I'm going to slander like, the fuck out of him. Like, I uh, look, he's like, I think I could I could beat your ass in People a like, rap quit. battle and stuff like that. And look, and look, Mitch is like, I've never really done that, but like. Okay. Um, and so we all start walking out to the parking lot. Yeah. And like. Tell him. People are like joining in. They see a crowd. Of, you, you know when you're at the Fayette County like, Fair. You see, you see a crowd and you think there's a fight about to happen. And so more and more people got involved. And, and we, we just had this huge mass of people. A lot. About to leave. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. About lot. 50 people or more. And cops like, stop us. The cops stop us. And they're like. The sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. They're like. What what's going on here? You guys about to fight, blah blah blah. And then they're like And then we're like, nah, we're about to rap battle. They bring look, out they break out the walkie talkie. <laughs> Negative it's just a rap battle. It's just a, it's a rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> and look, we go they're trying to way. do redneck eight mile. <laughs> look, we go all the way to the back of this this parking lot, back where the, the campers and stuff were. And uh, I already hate there is this, this huge, this huge circle of people. And you have Mitch. Yeah. And this dude. Jay Kurt. Jay Kurt. Jay Kurt. And Captain I believe, I believe I, he I was went first, didn't he? And he, I don't remember it. I don't remember much, what he like, said, but it was horrible. I remember he went, he probably went first. And, he did because he was the challenger. And then I kind of responded, and this was off the top of my head, by the way. I didn't prepare for any of this. And doesn't make I you sound any lyric. cooler that you rap battled Jake. Kirk. I did you not talk want your way to. Out of this. I swear to God, I, I told everybody I do not <laughs> want to like, do bro, this. I probably, like fight I probably, <laughs> I probably made you. I told everybody like I do not want to do this. You know, this is not. You know, I'm not trying to bully this guy. You know, I'm not really trying to. Which pissed him off even not, more. Not bully, but like I'm not trying to, you know, you yeah. know what, you know what rap battling yeah. is. It's making yeah. fun of somebody. I've seen yeah. Eight Mile. So, yeah. <laughs> His so, real name is Clarence. <laughs> so I kind of took something from Eight Mile. I was like, rappers don't st 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 stutter. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh damn. And it was it, it flowed so perfectly with with what he was rapping about before, <laughs> and everybody lost their fucking mind. Just cracked. You know up. that. <laughs> You know those videos where, uh, oh man, I wish I could remember. They oh were way God. back in the day, and it was like the this group of dudes having a little rap battle, and you you see that 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 little dude with the glasses, and and the fucking dude would just say something stupid. He was just oh shit, yeah, you're fucking yeah, nuts yeah, yeah. and everything. It was it was like that moment. Mitch, how old were you everybody at this time in your life? How old was I? Sixteen. All right, I'll I give think you a pass. Fifteen. For... Okay, 16. I'll give you a pass. If you would have been like nineteen, bro, nah. I was. I dude, think Jay Kurt is still out there at Walmart trying to fucking rap battle people because that's how far. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, I did not want to. Going. Like that was just. But like we've 
you know, remember when he was like we just reconciled. That was all stuff. just for fun. That was for the sport. You know, I was just for fun. I right. wasn't. I wasn't trying to be personal. I don't have anything against the guy. Right. He yeah. used to walk around well, our like, school and like hand out his mixtape, and well, he would just like name random people. Well, be like Jay Kurt, Jay Cole. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that shit hits hard, bro. <laughs> Keep it up, my guy. Like, so what was crazy is like. With rock and, you know, bands, normally, like, we're all pretty friendly with each other. Like, yeah, yeah egos yeah. get involved sometimes, and there, there'd be a little bit of dissonance uh, between groups. But, like, ambient dude, dissonance? I remember... What? Ambient dissonance? Sure. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't very pretty. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I remember, you know, hanging out with Mitch while he's, like, doing his rap thing. And it seemed like every different rapper in the area fucking hated you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they hated each other, too. Yeah. And it was like, why Why so much fucking hatred? Because, like, in Ohio, man, I'm, I don't know if it's just Ohio, but, like, there's just, like, this, this scene of, like, everybody's, like, trying to outdo each other or whatever. They're not really trying to, like, support each other, mm-hmm. you know, like. I'm I'm not kidding when I I say like I've been involved with a lot of I mean not super prevalent artists but artists that have came up quite a bit, you know. Like who? Um I mean I'm not going to know any of them, but the people listening might. Yeah, uh <laughs> I don't really want to say any names, okay, but I uh, asked him too fast. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you know, I, I've basically been behind the scenes for quite a few things that, like, people don't really know that I was, you know, mixing it for them or I taught them how to mix mm. or, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, but, like, I, I've been around. Like, you know, I was I was with him during Standard, like, all his yeah. jam sessions – like all his jam sessions, we recorded a couple songs with for Screaming Evidence before you guys got in the real studio. Like that's right. It was uh, it was when me and Sean were just acoustic and we recorded like Surrounded and uh, um, I'm not even gonna sit here and try to remember the names, but they Letters? were just acoustic songs hmm. and we had them on our MySpace, bro. Yeah, it was, was all MySpace about MySpace. Days. It was all about MySpace back then. Mitch, I have a. Did you have something? No, no, I don't think so. I have something, but I think you can wait. I'm just curious. This is a metal podcast, so I got to keep it somewhat. Yep, metal. yep. And I am just curious. As a metalhead, I don't listen to rap in any way, shape, or right? Form. None. And Zero I was about to zilch. jump into the metal that I like. By the way, zero zip zilch. I I've, I don't know who's doing what these days. Sure. The old school shit, like 90s, early yep. 2000s. You yep. talked about Nelly, 50, shit like that. Like real fucking hip hop. Right. Like I love that shit. Exactly. The fucking trap. You're talking about trap rap or hood rap, whatever they I call don't, it these days. I don't love it personally. So I'm just curious, what is it about rap or hip hop that draws you to it and makes you want to make that kind of music? Because I don't understand from a a creativity standpoint of like, bro, are you kidding me? I can't sing, let alone rap. Right. So it's like, what is it about that style that draws you to it? Well, um, basically, in like seventh grade, I got into poetry. Okay. The, like okay. Edgar Allan Poe and shit. 
Yes. That's metal as fuck. Yes, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe is metal as fuck. So all that poetry, I just like that, you know, rhyming and, you know, mm-hmm. I just you get in the cra- into the craft of rhyming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it becomes like addictive. Like you just try to come up with like, what can I rhyme next? What, what, what do these two words rhyme with? You know, when you put them together, or when you say it in a sentence, how can I rhyme this in between this and then rhyme that at the end? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of elements of poetry that go into writing rap that's that's lyrical anyway, right? And um, you know, rap like stands the... for raw ass poetry, bro. Didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like it's. I think it stands for rhythm and poetry, but I'm not I sure. Think it is. I think, but there correct. is like that rhythmic aspect too. Like mm-hmm. rappers talk about the flow and everything, and that's 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 the rhythmic aspect to it and and if you don't it i would you say that your time as a percussionist that that's what was, i was about ah, to say love it. that's love what it. i was about to say when i i wouldn't ever be been able to rap if i didn't drum yeah because you learn cadences yep. mm-hmm. and cadences are essentially what your flow is yeah your flow can be translated to a drum cadence okay yes, a snare cadence so like you know, when you figure that out and then you figure out, like, basically syllables are rhythmic, you know, you, you count Those out, are your rhythmic tools. Yeah. You, I was literally going to say tools. Yeah. You, you count out your syllables and then you, you come up with your pattern based based off your syllables. Okay. I mean, you don't you don't even count it out. Like, you just sort of... You got to feel That's it. cool. It's, I feel yeah. like... So... I'll be brutally honest with you. I'm very critical of rap. Sure. Um, I, f- I feel like the majority of rap these days is garbage. Yeah. And that it's just dudes wanting they to think they're, they're thugs. They, they want to seem cool. That's what I feel like the majority of rap is these days. I feel like there's a complete lack of emotion and, and real shit other than how many people can I shoot or girls can I fuck. But, but, hear me out. There are still some. That's why I like some of the older shit, right? Yeah. Um, and like you guys they love NF, to say. huh? They had something to say. Yeah, and like you guys love NF. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, he's good. Yeah. So uh, there's several that I really enjoyed back in the day, but the 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 more that genre has developed, especially the mainstream shit, I just felt like there was a total lack of emotion and. Um, you know, real world experience and shit like that in it, as opposed to, you know, Eminem's day. Or right. You know, right. When he was kind of in his rise and, and shit. Um, and I think that that's why I'm drawn to metal so much. Is sure. Because there is so much emotion and raw feeling and, and power and talent, it. dude. Like, sure. like, you know, these new rappers, I'm not going to say they're not talent. I don't, Who's to say what's talent? Exactly. What's, I was going to say define talent. Exactly. For me. Yep. You know, so it's it's all subjective. Yes. Yep. You cannot, and that's the thing. I'm not knocking anybody's talent. It's just for me, a certain I, the music I'm drawn to makes me feel something. Exactly. I don't care what genre it is. If if it is something that makes me feel that I'm going to be drawn to it. And rap, for me, never really did that. Right, right, so right. So I'm always curious to hear somebody's perspective that it did. And, and that's that's cool so to when hear it that comes poetry to, did that for you. Yeah, so when it comes to <clears throat> listening to it, I would say, you know, Eminem probably first, mm-hmm. oh, first big right. influence. Right. 
and then Kid Cudi, mm-hmm. ma- big influence on um, me. J Cole, because you're kind of J- going down this this road. J Cole was that... yes, definitely Mac Miller, yeah, all, all that stuff. Logic, you know, maybe. I don't I don't listen to a lot of Logic. Okay. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I think he's all right, but um, J Cole was one that I actually could listen. To. Kendrick for sure. Kendrick, and yep. then um, but you know my chance. Er- Chance, yeah, yeah, early on, early, early on, but then okay. you know, Tupac. I could I, go on for days. I could go on for days. Tupac but, to me is the greatest rapper of all time, and that's just—I don't think it's even up for debate. But uh, Lil Wayne was like big back in our, you know. I mean, yeah. he's still. Oh, even I like Lil yeah. Wayne back in the day. Yeah, you know. And so, like every, I remember Lil Wayne was like the biggest rapper when I was in school. Like he same. was well, we're the same age. So yeah, yeah, so you same. you get in the car, everybody's playing yeah. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the Carter the Carter three was like popular. I remember we took long cruises listening to Kid Cudi. Yeah, Kid Cudi was like the first rapper I ever really got into. He was really into um, Nelly, Akon, Usher. That more I always I've talked about my love for um, hip hop. uh, No, excuse me, R and B. Yeah, yeah. I've always delved into r&b but uh i mean rapper wise j cole's i enjoyed chris brown when i was in that that for sure age just that that more soul because i i feel like a lot of uh, the more in the past 15 years like r&b hip-hop there was a lot of soul involved in all that like old school soul music and i enjoyed that way more than i did actual rap right that's why i liked like I did like Usher. I did like Akon. I did like Chris Brown, Chris Brown. Um, certain shit like that that actually had some feel to it. Yeah. And so I go, go ahead. Sorry. So you know, like yeah, I was just gonna bounce off that. Like Usher, you know, mm-hmm. I used to sing that in the back of the car. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, how how would you say that kind of music connected with you and really made you fall in love with it and and want to do that? It was just, it's just music in general, man. Like, I don't like doing this, like, genre. Set. I mean, like. He's not a Nazi, not a genre Nazi. Yeah. Like, okay. it's just music in general for me. Like, it's just, like, whatever I was listening to mm-hmm. and whatever it, if it sucked, then I'm not going to gravitate towards it. Yeah. But, like, if it's good, it's just good. So one thing I wanted to ask, and I don't know that the three of us have even talked about it on this show, um, but I remember when I was a kid that at an early, earlier age, I felt like I had an ear for music. Yeah. Meaning like people around me would listen to music and it would be this stuff that they liked listening to. But for me, it was always, I hear the drums how do I figure that out? I want to do that. Next thing you know, I'm tapping my hands like drums. Like, yeah. Was there ever a moment for you that like made you realize, I think I have an ear for this stuff, regardless of genre, whatever it was. Um, and, and maybe you can't think on it. it. Was There's not a specific moment for me. Either, probably, but. you know, singing in the shower at some point or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, uh, one time I was sing- I got a solo part in a school, okay, school musical, okay, and so that kind of <clears throat> let me know that I'm a pretty decent singer. Yeah, yeah. So and then 
when I tried out for band, I wanted to do trumpet. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, well, maybe you should try drums. And then... You know, I can't buzz them lips like we need to. Go <laughs> try to beat all, beat with some sticks. And then, you know, Mr. Stanley was like, you have perfect rhythm. This is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, let's go with that. So then just listening and creating those beats for yourself, maybe that is what, and I don't want to speak for you by any means, but that's what maybe gravitated you toward, not specifically rap music, but that's what you ended up delving into. Right. So just drumming rap, Drumming is the biggest influence on my life. And I never realized it until I got older how much it truly impacted me. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're learning the um, xylophone. Mm-hmm. You're learning the timpani. You're learning all these things that actually have notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, it kind of teaches you piano in a way uh, because the layout of the... It's the same thing. It's the same layout. You're just hitting it with something instead of your Yeah, fingers. so like the yeah. top keys are the black keys on a piano. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things where... We had to learn all our scales. You learn your and... scales, all that stuff. And then um, once, once I was in the... Um, I was in the snare... Uh, drum line. Drum line. Okay. For marching band. I, yes, he was, bro. Because of him. Because of this dude. Because he sucks so bad that he no, didn't no, get no, 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 Look. No, look. he was first okay. chair, bro. This is the okay. greatest thing he ever did for me. Look, I, uh... I was the first chair flutist. I wanted to flutist. <laughs> dude, you remember Bobby always trying to beat me? Yeah. Dude, you get so mad. Alto sax, fuck with me. Him and Bobby would go back and forth, like, first chair. Like, they would challenge each other to... Well, he would always come and challenge me, and then he would, like... You went back-to-back back back with a dude named Bobby? <laughs> well, his <laughs> name was... Tough. His name's his, Sugjeet. His, it's Sugjeet, but... Uh, what? Everyone his name's called what? Sugjeet. Exactly. So we called him Bobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, his bus driver came up with that. He wanted to be yeah, first I would chair. Too. <laughs> Look, he wanted to be first chair so bad, so he would always, like, find these... <laughs> these things to challenge me by these these pieces of, of music to play. Tried to find like, the most difficult. I had like what like an hour to to learn it and <laughs> and play against him on this. And so he would challenge me, and he would get the chair. And then the next week, I would come back and I'd play the exact same piece of music and whip his ass. <laughs> and he yeah. would get so mad. But it was so funny when we went into ninth grade. It was like I was going to I was going to play snare in in the drum line. Mm-hmm. He should have. I. I didn't show up like the first day or something, so Mr. Stanley gave it to you. Yeah, and he was like, "Here, play the cymbals." And at first, I was like slighted. I was like. How dare you <laughs> give me these fucking symbols? So that's what happened. You didn't yeah. show up the first day of band camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heard a lot about band camp. <laughs> <laughs> you so fucking look, nerds. So look, I didn't show up because I was a bit of a rebel and I was like, fuck it. I gotta, <laughs> I'm going to be I got hard and not show up to the first day of band camp. <laughs> I, got, I got other shit I want to do. And then I show up and... He he was like, I gave it to to Mitch. I'm gonna have you play the these cymbals, and I pick up these big ass fucking cymbals and start bashing these motherfuckers together. Did you have the hat on when you did it? No, I didn't have the hat yet. We were still in the early. We had earned the hat. We had earned the hat hat yet. You are not uh, Nick Cannon yet. But look, I start I start doing this, and we start getting the march in, and I'm like doing these fucking cymbal twirls and shit. I was like, and 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 honestly. 
Mr. Stanley came up to me and was like, so do you want to play snare? And I was like, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I'm kind of digging what I'm doing. Yeah, you and got what into it. Was, it. What it was is like, because I believe you were struggling with the rhythms because a lot of it was in like fucking... Double time. Double time, two, four, yeah. weird counting. And it, it was kind of tough to like get all that shit down. And I was like, I really don't feel like fucking with that. I'm going to do this. Uh, let Mitch keep playing the snare, man. Like, he's going to get it. Like, it's just going to take me a little. Because, like, everybody thought that I wasn't as good as I actually was. Like, I was actually pretty good. That's but... my whole life, bro. Yeah. Everybody thinks I suck. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like some off Seinfeld. Well, look, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't his fault or, or any of ours. We never learned that kind of music until we got into marching band. Right. I was first chair and alto sax, so suck my dick. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> but like rhythmically it was so much different getting in a marching band than doing concert band and we had never really been exposed to it. So it just took you a little longer to get it. But you ended up doing pretty well. Dude, I remember fucking having them hi hats going and like <laughs> I had to like shimmy I had to like shimmy back and try to touch my cape to the ground while I'm like dancing at yeah. he's, he's up here like hitting my, my symbols like hi hats and fucking stupid as shit. It, it was goofy, <laughs> but dude, it was it so was fun. fun. Yeah. And so that's just the ultimate where music started for me. Then I started going to Tyler's house every day. He would play uh Rise Against Every day. Oh, okay. I listened to a lot of Rise Against back then. And then, you know, it's not all too different than our story, I guess. No, it's you know? not. It's not too different than me and Preston's kind of different music, different, you know. It, ours was our dads running us back and forth to each other's house to play as many Metallica riffs and come up with as many different riffs as we could. Yeah. But similar thing where it's you find a passion for for music that you you know you find somebody that's like oh you like that me too let's do it together that kind of thing yeah yep. exactly i uh i kind of and wanna... it creates lifelong friendships sorry Absolutely. tyler go ahead buddy i kind of want to switch gears slightly yeah. here yeah because i was gonna get into more metal before you, know? you get yeah. into metal metal <clears throat> before you get into metal oh okay tyler I we get into kind of giving a little bit of advice towards like local musicians yeah. musicians yes. getting started and stuff and I think um, you can give a lot of really good advice on a particular topic, um, and then maybe we can get a little bit into kind of the production side of things with you having a background. But the first thing I want to talk about is, I think it was in, a, in episode two, maybe, or uh, we talked about, you know, kind of calluses that we build as musicians and artists right. over time, and... We had spoken about it more in the vein of, you know, playing a bunch of live shows. You kind of learn to learn how to get through obstacles and and deal with certain scenarios. But there's another callus that you have to build that I think is something you can really help with. And, and you kind of touched on why earlier. And it's the fact that you're always going to have people that don't like what you do. Sure. And they're going to have some shit to say about it. And they're going to do everything they can to bring you down because they're upset that you're doing something that you love and they got nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what I have learned, <clears throat> you know, being friends with you for so long is one, 
like you mentioned, when you first got started, people would just kind of make fun of you. Right. And then you have these other musicians, these other rappers coming at you. And then even even still, you probably have a lot of fucking haters. Yeah. And I think that's just the way it is in rap. I think that's just the way it is in the world, man. Like Especially now. Yep. But yeah, how do you anything in social media, you know, how do you deal with it? You just have thick skin. You know, you you just don't give a fuck what anybody has to say about you because Yeah, man. You know, at the end of the day, they don't know your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Like they don't know who you are. So like anything that people on the especially on the internet, you mm-hmm. know, like on the internet, you just go wild. You just say people say outlandish stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. They say stuff about dead people. They say stuff, yeah. whatever, you know, they, they say crazy stuff on there. So, like, you can only, you take it with a grain of salt. Like, this is the internet. This is not yeah. reality. Yeah. Th- there is so many stereotypes out there, right? Like, people look at you and they think, fucking white guy from Southern Ohio that's a rapper? Right, what? right, right. Dude, you know, I, you know, on our TikTok account, I've got, you know, we've got almost 15,000 followers. So we get a decent amount of interaction on our, on our shit. And, you know, a lot of times when I'm posting a video, if it's me talking about a metal topic or something, you know, I get so many comments. Imagine, imagine a redneck trying to talk about metal. Right. (laughs) Bro, you just got to let that shit. And when we first got big on TikTok, I, I, I struggled with it. I'm like, you don't know me. Well, you don't fucking know me, dude. Yeah. Like, but eventually, I'm just like these are literally faceless, anonymous, Twitter, or you know, social media. Almost a Twitter, but social media trolls, trolls. that literally have absolutely <clears throat> nothing going for them in life. That they feel the need to talk shit about somebody on social media and the stereotypes that are out there. You know, like when I, you know, and you're from my hometown, whatever. You know, so. I, you think about, you look at this guy and you think, oh, well, I can figure out what type of music he's into. Sure. A lot of people will look at you and think he's not into, he's not a rapper. He's Right, a, right. You know, people look at me, y- y'all see what I'm wearing. I say y'all a lot. I got horses. I got hogs. I work in the farming. I work in agriculture. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. Oh, he listens to country. No, I don't actually. I mean, a very, very little amount. Right, right. It's like, no, I'm a fucking metalhead. I play guitar. Like, I've been a metalhead since I was a kid. Like, it's, and I know that you have had to overcome and learn to um, deal with those those stereotypes, stereotypes for so long. For sure. And you, you mentioned having thick skin, and I think that is huge. Absolutely. For, we talk about on this podcast, and I don't mean to get deeper emotional here, but we talk about Mitch on this show a lot about how, the metal brotherhood, especially for us, there are we get attacked viciously so many times yeah. by people outside of the industry and outside of the scene that were uneducated devil worshippers and and that's that's what our music's about. So that's what we're about and right. all this shit. And people don't are are so wrong because so many of the the so much of the lyrics. If if you look at the lyrics for fucking ninety percent of what we listen to. It's a very different message than the, oh, you're a devil worshiper. Those bands are out there. That's not what we listen to. Mm-mm. No, yeah. And, you know? and it's sort of the same thing with and rap. And hip-hop thinks that, you know, you know cause I'm not guilty everything of it too, is Not every rapper is pure, like, stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
I'm guilty of it sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I can admit when I'm wrong and admit, you know, when, when I've made a mistake about something. Sleep token. I knew. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so I have been guilty of that, especially in my younger years where I thought, God, all this fucking new rap shit. People just want to be hard. They want to people. They want people to think they're cool. Yeah. And so much of that music is not that way. And you've done a great job of explaining that. So go ahead, Mitch. I don't want to. Hold so you know, with rap, you just have to be really confident. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I think you, as a musician, don't you just have to be confident? Yes, I mean, sir. yes, sir. You yeah, do. there's a level. I think of especially when you're creating your own. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to relate it to me growing up because I've talked about it on this show. When I was growing up, I had so many different influences, so many types of music around me. But what I liked growing up was R&B, rap music, and hip-hop. That was what I was into. And I think of different influences in, in my life at that time. And you, you mentioned confidence, and it was in relation to basketball. I was really into basketball when I was a kid. Yes, still sir. am. Still, I was going to say, still are. And I think about these high-level athletes, and especially nowadays, yep. but even before. Michael like, Jordan. There's a there's just a level of confidence that yes. they don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. Um, and I relate that to rap music, hip-hop music, or any musical venture. And, you know, I don't want to get political here by any stretch of the imagination, but when you think about, like, for so many years, and this goes back to the freaking 80s, there... <sighs> When when people would think of of hip hop or rap, if they saw a white guy doing something, right? You know, like fifty talk, fifty talks about Eminem, yeah, and how he you know he does it better than most black guys do, and it pisses them off. And fifty's like, you got to get over that shit, right? There are so in, in rap, if if you, pe- people typically think, oh well, that's just an African American thing, or that's just that's the stereotype around, and then with metal, it's the same thing. It's like, oh well, that's a white people thing, or and I have always said that yeah. I love so some of my you know, big bands that I I love and I'm drawn to have African American vocalists because they just bring a whole new element to the the music. And I love female fronted bands, sure. too, like Spirit Box. Um, they're uh, oh god, Arch Avril Enemy, Avril Lavigne. You better listen to that horn band I sent today. Harm. Well, we were golfing, bro. Oh, I didn't I have a chance. So yeah, when you get female fr- death or dying wish, there's a lot of female front of bands. So I am all about like when it comes to metal, I want everybody in it. Yeah, because everybody brings a different style. Everybody has a different upbringing and brings a different level of uniqueness to the genre. But there's always going to be those stereotypes around. Um, well, if you're this, you can't do that. Well, if you think about it, you know the BC and Boys. It's the Beastie Boys, they didn't really get a lot of hate. No. no. The Beastie well, Boys was a huge they were, part of why hip-hop and rap became commercially uh-huh. successful. They were incredibly yep. popular because it was, as I don't... I don't God, we have They were white. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. But then, they were white. That's but the then Vanilla fact. Ice that's came, a fact. and yes. then that's what Vanilla Ice kind of got hated on. Yeah. So did Fred Durst. Still does. And so it, it turned into, like, white people shouldn't be allowed to rap. Yep. Because this is, this is ruining, ruining it. It's not straight anymore. Yep. You know. Yeah. And um. But I I think vanilla. If if there was no vanilla ice, I don't think Eminem, mm-hmm. uh, is allowed. I don't think Fred Durst is either. Yeah. They got their hate out on 
on Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And Vanilla Ice was kind of gimmicky, kind of nerdy. Yeah. Like, he was really trying hard. Um, but from what But I he could dance, dude. Like, yeah. He, he could was dance. A, he was an entertainer. Yeah. But the Beastie Boys, Tyler talked about the Beastie Boys. The thing about the Beastie Boys that I think made hip-hop popular was because they had metal music with hip-hop lyrics. You know, they were the first rap metal band out there, right? And my dad, who graduated high school in 1989, so grew up in the 80s, you know, loved the Beastie Boys. I love them. And yep. I do too, dude. Yeah, that's, my I mean, kids love Brass Monkey. Yep. <laughs> they love that funky my, hey, monkey, that monkey, 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 Lucas, my, my little one will get in the car and be like, Dad, can you play Brass Monkey? And I'll be like, <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Awesome. so I'll turn it on. And they'll be like, Dad, can you turn it up? Yeah, man. <laughs> that's so awesome, listen, dude. but that's also metal as fuck because the Beastie Boys that are is metal, metal as fuck. fuck. So yep. thank you for saying our our, tra- <laughs> our our tagline. Um, so my dad, you know, who who grew up in the eighties, you know, we're we're a bunch of country boys. We we farm, you know, we got livestock. We're we're you know we're that's what we are. But my dad was a big metalhead, and you know, in the eighties, you're a glam metalhead because that's you got metal. metal, you got thrash metal. My dad loved them both. So, um. The Beastie Boys were a great bridge for people mm. like my dad, who were strictly metalheads or country guys, to come into that hip hop thing. And that's why, like, when I was growing up, my dad had Nelly CDs in his disc exactly. binder and had, you know, fucking um, NWA and shit like that. Sure. Because bands like the Beastie Boys in the 80s were able to bridge Popularize that. Popularize that. Yes, sir. Exactly. Bridge that gap between. Over here and hip hop, because hip hop was just like a a scene. It wasn't like a movement. It was emo yeah. of the eighties, yeah. dude. It was just like we're playing this in in um, house parties and like uh, we're freestyling. I believe it was club. called like house music. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're freestyling. Right. Like basically, the first rappers, MCs, started rapping over. What does MC stand for? Master of Ceremonies. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. Because you hear rappers say that MCs a lot, mm-hmm. and I never knew what it meant. Because that was what it was. Was back then it would be like everybody would say hey, yep, hey, yep, and and it was just like, um, all they were doing was looping the uh, breakbeat of like a James Brown song or something and freestyling over that. So then you had somebody like DMX, right, that does shit with Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and those guys bridge a you, gap. You mean Run between, DMC? Run DMC. Run DMC. Sorry, yeah. that's yeah. your DMX. Sorry, you. Again, I'm. We're not very educated rap. on rap. But no. but that was the that was the first. You collab know, with, collab with for rock, rock and 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 hip hop rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was that was, a, that was a jam though. It is a jam. It's an absolute jam. So, so I want you to continue with your point, but real quick, something hit me. Were the Beastie Boys the original Lincoln Park? Yes, absolutely <laughs> they were. Okay. Yes. Continue. One hundred percent. And the original Hollywood Undead too. Yeah. Right. All of it. So yeah. one thing I want to mention was kind of cool about when house music or rap first started coming around was that it was still records. Yeah, it was back records. Then. Mm-hmm. That's and where it the, was, that's where the record scratching that's, comes from. That's yeah. where the turntable and Turn stuff tables, came because. Yeah. They had to have two turntables next to each other so that they can be switching out yeah. records and yep. shit and looping together these yep. different beats. Yeah. And, the, like, the they would loop beats. it here, and then they'd be like, all right, we're switching over here to switch up the beat, and what then I'm switching <laughs> this out, and then they would do the little... Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're really called record scratches, but that's what it is. Well, they're, that's what it was scratching. at first. 
And so that's where it all originated. And this is so cool to hear. It's evolved. It's evolved to just computers. So it's all plugins yeah. and effect. Yeah. So well, it's no it, different it, than guitars. If, yeah. if we want to relate this back to metal, you know, back in the and, and I'm not saying that you know nowadays music is is subpar talent wise to 70s and 80s, but 60s, it's 70s, better. 80s, it's 90s, better. even. It is. It's all done at the amp or at the pedal sure. or something of that. Nowadays, when when bands are recording records, it's all done on a computer. You can automate it on it's the computer. It's all plugins and effects and and mixing software. That's what it is. If you go listen to that new Polaris song that has that glitch effect in the solo that you were talking about, Preston, mm-hmm. go listen to Inhumane by Polaris. There's a glitch effect in the solo that ain't done on a fucking amp or a pedal. I promise you, it it's, can be done by a pedal, but yeah. I mean, you're not doing done. it that fast. I promise you, you're not. I'm making it that crisp. It's uh, all done on get, a computer. If you get, no, you're not. You can argue with me all day long. You are not getting there. Are certain pedal. effects yeah. where you can? Yeah, you get you a, can get that. Is it called tremolo? A tremolo no. effect well, that does well, it's, it's a fa- it's a it's tremolo, a hyper there's tremolo. Is a little different. Is. There's a type of delay that's like a glitch delay, but there's yeah. also a hyper like a hyper phaser effect in that too. There's so much different shit out there. But there's so many pedals, man. Like you could probably get. I mean, you could get a real analog pedal for just about any effect right you can right. just about yeah yeah but the reality so is it originated. nowadays yeah, exactly. albums are done on a computer it's all done mm-hmm. on a computer yeah. whereas back in the day it's a it's in a in a, in a booth with a, a a mic and a pop filter and however many effects at, that you can get out of your amp and your pedal yep and that's how they created sound back then and that's why today's music sounds so much better is because technology and i don't right. think hip-hop's any different but it's cool to go back and listen to the old shit. But do you think it sounds better? New or old? Metal, I think, metal or just music in general? I think music in general sounds better. Yes. But the ability and tenacity of Dude, I'm gonna take bands you back then to create what they did as limited as they were. 24 track. Like, yeah. And, and especially Eight like track. house music and, and rap and stuff because... There was that movie about NWA that was out, and yeah. you see Straight them going in. Yeah, you go fantastic. Their, their first movie, time, the their first time in the studio, like you see, dude show up with a a box of records, and he's like recording these little pieces of records and shit, trying to put together their beats and whatnot. And it's like nowadays, it's just some copy and paste. And can, yeah, can trend. I take yeah. you down a wormhole? Let's go. Let's baby. go. I'm going to take you down where none of the three of you are going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. But Let's go. NASCAR. Okay. Okay, Ooh. I am a huge NASCAR Jeff fan. Gordon. Was my favorite driver growing up. So that's why I'm a Chase Elliott fan now, because Chase Elliott got in Jeff's car when Jeff retired. No way. But it, yeah. I didn't know that. So NASCAR in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, the guys that dominated the sport, the Jeff Gordons, the Jimmy Johnsons, the Tony Stewarts, Go back further. Richard Petty, David Pearson, all these guys. The reason they dominated the sport, huh? Do it for Dale. Dale Earnhardt, yeah. You go back and and figure out why they dominated the sport. It was called it. People called it cheating. NASCAR fans called it ingenuity. They were figuring out how to cheat in some way, shape, or form to make their cars faster, basically. Whether it was dropping weight out of the car going around the track whether it was modifying some of the body panels for better aero oh, i see what whatever you're it was they were manipulating shit manually doing all this stuff nowadays yeah. everybody has the same car and you have to figure out how to be faster based off of tire pressure and certain sh- brake bias and shit like that 
Music is no different. Right. I back knew, in the day. That's where you were going with that. Yes. So back in the day, it's all done manually, right? It's it's all very um, trial and error. NASCAR was no different back in the day. It was all trial and error. How can we get faster? How can I fuck with this right rear quarter panel and this, this skew to make my car faster? Well, how can I make my record sound better here in 1984? Well, I'm going to fuck with this and that... fuck with that. And nowadays, just like in NASCAR... You only have you have a limited space to work in, and everything is done by computer. Everything's yeah, done automated. You're right. The work has been done for you ahead of time because of all this software that we have available. So I have a unique appreciation for what a lot of bands and artists and whatnot did back in the day when it, they didn't have the access to this technology yeah. that we do today. So no, it doesn't sound as good, obviously, but I have it a specific appreciation for what they did in those times. But um, the point I was going to make was um, the Beatles, dude, their recordings are just crazy. You know, like mm -hmm. just for the sixties, like yep. their recordings layer are after layer. Their harmonies are like nuts. Like everything is like, this is all the same take. This isn't, you can't overdub That's this. That's why people yeah. still listen to Abbey Road like yeah. 60 years later. <clears throat> yeah, and, and just the effects, they were using effects that was way ahead of the time yep. and like, you know. Um, they were considered demonic at the time. Yes. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, around the time the Beatles came, came around, there was some interesting um, developments in recording. Yeah, where you can you can do up to like four tracks. And yeah, stuff so, like. they, so it wasn't they, it wasn't just like one microphone in the center of the room anymore. It was like you could do a few tracks. Like there yeah, was so they started out. They could only used. do like eight track, and then by the end of their career, it was like maybe sixteen or twenty four track or something. Right. So when you think about okay, so we're, we're really going down a rabbit hole here, but I enjoy it because I enjoy talking into about what we I was wanting to talk about anyway. <laughs> so think about Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Okay, so Jimi Hendrix is really the one who revolutionized distortion. Yes. So before Jimi, everybody's playing a clean or a very slightly crunchy tone. That's spank. <laughs> it is. It's very, a very spanky, bam, 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 bam. Oh, that's rock and roll, bro. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix comes along and says, I'm going to turn the gain all the way up. We're going to turn Buzz. that gain all the way up. We're going to play a right-handed Fender Stratocaster left-handed with the strings inverted. That's how we're gonna play it, and we're gonna we're gonna play solos with our teeth and behind our back, and we're going to be high on acid playing some of the heaviest distortion music you've ever heard, and we're gonna write songs about some of the wildest shit you've ever heard, and it's it's all about revolutionizing, right? Jimmy kind of took this idea of you, you talk about the Beatles and, and yeah. kind of uh, their recording process and whatnot. Jimmy just wanted to create this, I'm the, if you will, in the late 60s, heaviest sure. artist out there. there was, Jimmy created a guitar sound that really can't be uh, mimicked. You can't do it today. Good luck. Yeah. I haven't found it. I haven't found it at all. And it, it was this beautiful combination of psychedelic rock and early heavy metal. Yeah, definitely. Because Jimmy, definitely. I can definitely see that. Yeah, so I mean, if you go Even listen to blues as well. Yeah, yeah, if you go listen sure. to Voodoo Child or Purple Haze or Hey Joe, any of those old Jimmy songs, 
they combine elements of so many different genres of music and then give it this super heavy distorted guitar for that time. Because, let's be honest, the late 60s is when the Beatles are getting big. Right. They're not playing with distortion. They don't have distortion on their guitars at that time. Well, they have one song that's called Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And Well, that's what inspired... And that um, was one of the first supposedly... Heavy metal songs. I've listened. It's it's loud, you know. It's yeah. Big wall of noise. Big wall of sound, as we call it. Yeah, it's loud. It's not really metal though, but you know, it's hard rock for sure. Jimmy, Jimmy. The thing about Jimmy, and we're really going down a rabbit hole here. And I apologize, Tyler. I hope this leads you into the point you want to make. Jimmy was the first guy to make guitar so cool because Jim, you know, Jimmy when he's playing, whether it's live or on a record, he's he's switching pickups he's playing with the volume knob he's doing a lot of hammer oh yeah pull-offs for the first time he's he's doing some tapping and you know people talk about how eddie van halen really invented tapping yeah dude van he, halen crazy he, he didn't because okay. jimmy was doing some shit Early if you go, on. go listen to voodoo child like that dude was doing some shit that it was it's hard way to touch ahead of its time. It's just hard right. to touch what Jimmy did. Jimi Hendrix is the greatest guitarist that's ever lived in my yeah. opinion. We, I wouldn't have any band that I listen to today if it wasn't for Jimi Hendrix. Yep. And that's dude fair. died at 27. He did all that before he turned 28 years old. Right. Like, I, I grew older than Jimi Hendrix. That just blows my yeah. mind. You and know? Kurt Cobain. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name from The Doors? And um, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. And... Um, Randy Rhodes, and yep. you know the list, the list goes, goes on. on. Yeah, uh, the the there's plenty of them. But anyways, Tyler, I know you had a, a point you wanted to get to, buddy. I'm gonna let you get to it. I'll be real quick, but it, it's so cool to, for us to have this conversation because we all have these different influences. But it seems like it's it's all stretching back to stuff we've already talked you, about and grew up. You know, yeah. Jimmy. And the Beatles, Zeppelin, and yeah, Sabbath, you know, all whatever. these bands, it's like... It's funny how it all comes... We're not that different. You're here, right? right? You're here. You have this... Dude, the Beatles influenced so much modern hip-hop. I agree. So much modern hip-hop. So they do Bob Dylan. everything. So do, Their harmonies are crazy. The Mamas yeah. and the Papas? Like, there are so many of those 60s bands that influence what's going on today. And we all kind of crawl back. Fleetwood Mac's another one that oh, I Oh, yeah, say. good, good... Good call there. Fleetwood Mac, when you think about hip-hop. Okay, so Stevie Definitely. Nicks. Their bass, their bass lines. Their yep. bass lines. Yep. Their, yep. their drum beats, too. Yeah. Mick Fleetwood's drums were incredibly hip-hop when you think about it today. But not just that. I'm, I'm talking lyrically. And lyrically in a rhythm sense. Yeah, the way she delivers it. The way that Stevie delivered the verses, especially, was very hip-hop. Yeah. And this I is in the early that. 70s, I can bro. see that. So, She's just... Yeah, the White Witch, dude. She's the most. I, I'm hey, there's a reason Post Malone covered that. Yeah, he did. Song, yeah, he, I'm surprised amazing, you know about that one. Bro. Yeah. Oh my God! In high school, maybe is so, shortly after I know after Tyler, high you school. don't like him, but Posty is so talented, bro. They, he did that cover of that song, and I like it more than I do the Fleetwood Mac song. Mm, that song I wouldn't say that. But I do. Stevie Nicks serenades me. So Tyler, we, we can, real oh, quick. No, go ahead. We can trace all of our music love and interest back to the same. Five to ten artists from the, the foundation. 60s. Yeah, there's a base yeah. for it. There's a base for it. Chuck Berry, Elvis, yes, Beatles. Yes. I mean, BB uh, um, King. You can you can go back and be like, yep, this is where this all spans from. Dude, Deathcore wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jimi Hendrix or shit like that. Right. You yep. think about That's how vastly point. different. So 
so many of the hip NF would not be here if it wasn't for the Beatles. Right. right. It's funny how we can trace all of this. And this goes back to, I don't remember if it was the last episode with Derek or the episode before where I talked about how there were so much fewer uh, uh, bands and artists in the 60s and 70s than there are now. And that's mm-hmm. why they were able to be, they, they kind of held a monopoly over the industry and they were able to, and not in a bad because way. Because you but, couldn't even get in a studio back then unless you were like seriously. The real deal. The, re- you, yeah. had to the have real a, deal. you had to have a label behind you. You you had to be playing like, you, had you better to, walk in with Atlantic Records. You played at least 100 shows. Yeah, yeah. You, know, in your you better walk in with Atlantic Records and say, hey, we're here to record a 10 song album and it's going to be called Abbey Road and it's going to change the world. Yeah, and yeah. You know, or it's going to be, um, or I'm, uh, I'm going to write the song "Purple Haze" and and completely change rock and roll. Yeah. So, and here's the thing, you know, Jimi Hendrix covers "All Along the Watchtower," which is a Bob Dylan song. It's a folk song, and he turns Nobody it into knows. yeah. Everybody it's amazing. Th- everybody thinks it's a Jimi Hendrix song, and it's like no, it's Bob a Dylan Bob wrote Dylan a song. lot of songs that people yep. don't know, like uh, "Heaven's Door," "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a Bob Dylan song. Yep. 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 But people, that's and I, not taking anything away from Bob Dylan, but Bob, Bob Dylan was folk. Yeah, he was folk music. His singing style wasn't catchy, super melodic. No, yeah. right, very like, monotone. Yeah, very, it was folk music. Yeah, that, folk that, music. I is mean, that very, was during a time when like singer songwriters were becoming a thing. Whereas before then, it was always you had the songwriter, and then you gave that song to a performer. Exactly. That, that was yeah. the fifties. That looked six, good. Yeah. Elvis. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about Elvis. Yeah. yeah. So it was. You gave it to a pretty boy that could sing. Yep. yep. And then it was. Then you had you know Bob Dylan and um, oh fuck, I'm trying to think of some of the bands. Uh, that came Simon out. and Garfunkel. Yeah. Hollow Oates. That's seven. Grateful Dead. Yeah. Grateful Dead. Yeah. Like, uh, Eric Clapton. I mean, Cream. Eric, you could go on and Cream. on for days, but. I mean, Eric Clapton's an incredible songwriter. Definitely. But he played guitarist. pretty much he, all his uh, shit. What, what band was Neil Young with? I'm, I know Neil Young, but I'm not sure what band he was with. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It was, it was some group he was part of, and like they came out at that time because. That dude can't sing worth a fuck. But like <laughs> but Bob they wrote, can't they wrote, sing, you know? yeah, he no, can't, he sing can't either. But Jimmy but they good. wrote yeah. amazing songs, and they they it was this stance of I love writing music, but I also love playing music. And you're going to deal with it. You're going to deal with me, yep. me doing it myself. Buffalo or Springfield, whatever. And I think Bob Dylan was, it was Buffalo, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, I never um, heard of that band, but. But um, but you've heard of Yo- Neil Young. I've heard of Neil Young because he's wrote a bunch of good songs. But yeah. but like Bob Dylan, I I remember hearing, um, it was like a documentary or something, and like there was a show he got to, and he had like changed his sound or something. People were pissed off, and he he basically just said something like, "You don't like what I got to play? Then fuck you," or some <laughs> shit like that. Bro, that's phrasing. Like, yeah, that's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck. But uh, what was your what was going to be your point? It's been a half hour. I think you should probably get into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought I, we were trying to lead you into it. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we, we, we were, were there, but for then we a got bit, a little bit off course. But it's like, you know, you as a producer, so, I mean, I know you probably do things for other bands, but you're, you're mostly, or other artists, but you're also mostly doing things for yourself, right? Sure. Yeah. You self. So what, uh, <laughs> what, what kind of setup are you working with right now? 
Like gear wise? Yeah, we're going to gear out. For oh, gearhead. Well, so I'm I got an iMac, and it's an Aston Stealth microphone with a SSL Logic interface. Logic has inter like they they no, make it's interfaces. No, it's a it's a I mean, solid state Logic interface. It's solid okay. state Logic. Okay. Okay. So you know, it's kind of funny. This thing can turn up to eleven. Oh, uh, that's a reference to uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Oh, I, I've heard the buff. I've heard the reference. I'm not a movie I, I, buff. I don't um, remember it. Damn it! They're gonna shit on me if I don't know that movie because <laughs> uh, we used to reference that movie all the time. <laughs> but, Listeners do not shit on him. <laughs> um, damn, I can't think of it. But yeah, it'll hit you. It's a good movie, but yeah. So like, that's what I'm working with. IMAC the mic and the interface it's got two it's only got two inputs okay yeah so you you recently started learning to play guitar yep i play guitar for about three years now yeah so you you started to learn to play guitar and you're starting to record it and whatnot what is what has the experience been what kind of challenges have you dealt with learning to record a live instrument other than just vocals the challenges yeah i mean what's the experience been like the positives the negatives the challenges um the challenge is i don't consider myself a musician i believe i'm a composer that's fair okay I, I don't think enough people distinguish the difference. Because I just try to come up with the the arrangement mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, sort of the foundation of the instrumental, yeah. if you will. And then I just lay that down and, like, dub it a bunch of times, you know, mm-hmm. like... I I can play I can play songs live. I can definitely play songs live. Mm-hmm. Like um a couple but um there's a few that I don't think I could probably play live right now, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm just laying it down on the computer. Yeah. It's like just record this part and then Yeah. switch over and now I'm recording this part just to kind of loop it sort of thing. Right. I'd have to practice for a while to to play these live. Are you doing more looping or are you because like with your rock album, there was a lot of songs where while I listened to it, it sounded more like you looped it. Yeah. Whereas in in rock and stuff, normally people are just playing through it. Right. Um, but so, there are times where like if it's I definitely, you know, I basically used my hip hop sort of mentality i guess where i just i know i know this is like blasphemous <laughs> but, careful like, but like yeah i just recorded a guitar part and like looped it yeah that's not blasphemous and like you know i'm making an instrumental like that you know how many people are even bro, there's not it's not like there's people that even know how to do that let alone do it at a high level so don't yeah. worry about it being blasphemous you're good but like, i couldn't do that i'm not I couldn't playing how to do that. i'm not playing at a high level like i'm just playing basic shit like these mm-hmm. these chords that you probably learned day one you know like i wouldn't say day one but <laughs> i know what you mean um so but 
melodically i don't know if it, it turns out decent you know like it's it's some weird shit i'm not gonna lie like i i don't know how i feel about it because i listen to it and sometimes i think it's trash mm-hmm. and then other times i'm like well this is this you actually... think your own shit's trash yeah sometimes i'm like man this isn't even good i don't even know if i want to release this that sounds mm-hmm. like the a great musician to me it's very self-critical yeah so like a lot of times i'm like man this this sucks but then other times i listen to it in the car i'm like well, this is actually pretty decent. This is actually mm-hmm. pretty good. You know, like yeah. it's weird. It's weird because when you, I'm sure, you know, like when you're an artist, you, you listen to yourself so many times, mm-hmm. you can't distinguish what's good anymore. I try not Damn. to listen to myself very often because I'm ex- I, I am the most self-critical. I think I am a dog shit guitarist, dog shit. So does Preston. Apparently he does think I'm a dog <laughs> Yeah. I did not say You're that. You're a piece of shit. He does, do he does think You're I am a That's a lie. He thinks I'm a horrible guitarist. <laughs> I think you gave up on the instrument, but that's another story. Well, I went through, I did go through a period where I gave up on the instrument. Yes, I will fully admit that. I am no longer I, I in think, that period. I think we all do. Oh, I, yeah. I am no longer in that element where I gave up on the, I, I play every day. I'm trying to get back up to, you know, get back to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a pretty decent guitarist. I'm I'm getting back. But I gave up on it for a year. Yeah. So it's like riding a bike. You never forget, but you don't, you, you get rusty. So, but I think a great musician has to be at least critical to some extent, right? You do. Because if you're not, if, if you're just, if you're immediately satisfied, how are you ever going to get better? If, if you're just like, okay with putting out mediocre shit, then like, you know... God, you affliction. Listen, God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You bring up a great point, Mitch, because Tyler Uh-oh. talked about this on a previous episode of, you know, when when it comes to referring to local bands, you know, you have to really make sure that your craft is being honed and you're putting together quali- a quality product before you put it out to the public. Correct. So you talked about if you're if you're satisfied making mediocre music, what are you really offering to your listeners? Right. That's your customer. You are a salesman as an artist. Right. And if you cannot offer a quality product to people, why the fuck should they listen to you? I'm in a local band. I'm a local artist, support local music. I'm not going to if you're half assing it and you fucking suck. Yeah. Do something different. Make me go oh that's that's new that that's different give me something that makes me feel something in in some way shape or form and you you when you said you cannot be mediocre there's a million mediocre musicians out there if you want to be successful or at least have some level of uh, of success and achieve some level of success you can't be mediocre yeah so you know like you listen you listen to it and you're like, Do I gotta do that over again? You really gotta really ask yourself, like, do I gotta do that over again? Because mm-hmm. is this good enough? Or is this you know Take one what might I be want okay, it to sound like but take twenty two might be better. Right, exactly. So you gotta do multiple takes. But sometimes you do get that rare instance where take the first, one the first take is just like crazy, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's perfect. Yes. I think that is something you know the the couple of produ- the few producers that I've dealt with with screaming evidence has mentioned about us 
um, is just that, dude, like for Sean, Sean can normally hit his yep. entire vocal performance for a song in a, in a couple of takes. Like Me in out. Yeah. I was crazy. in and out of the studio doing my bass parts. And the dude was literally taking videos of me playing some of this shit like my one time through. And it was like, all right, we just got to punch here and here for like 10 seconds. Well, Sean has done. always been, you know, pretty precise with his pitch. Well, he practices. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then there's, there's also times when, you know, you, we might get compliments where I'll fuck something up. And I'll be like, hey, go back to this point here in the song. I recognize that I fucked up. I want to, I, I got to redo that real quick. I got to punch in there. Yeah. And they'll be like, most people would just ask me to edit that. It's like, well, yeah, but like, no, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not just edit the whole thing. Um, Make it naturally good. But, uh. Yeah, let's let's redo it. Let's let's go ahead and run the track again. See if I can get a better take. Um, you gotta take that. Okay. Um, sometimes you get important phone calls. Sometimes you do. But uh, kind of forget where I was going with that. What, what Alcohol you, does that to you. What were you saying? Yeah, so like being in the studio and and certain producers oh, yeah, giving us you, compliments they, they, around. They take up like your first take, you know, you're just good. Well, well, it's that and then also recognizing like, hey, I fucked this up. I got to redo this because a lot of bands, a lot of artists go into the studio and they just think that the the producer, that the sound engineer can just fix everything, every fuck up they made. And make this person sound amazing. It's not the case. And it's like it's not. No, you got to redo case, it that's not to your own satisfaction. Either. Yep. You can't just have somebody manually pitch correct your whole performance. And it's think not it, real. No. Well, and you you make a good point where we talk about we're critical of ourselves, and uh, I go back to a time You're just and, especially critical of me. <laughs> I go back to a time where I told Kyler he fucking sucked at the guitar. No, I'm just kidding. Those words have never come out of his mouth. No. Let's just say that. There was an insinuation made. There was an insinuation. Yeah, well, oh, our I kid's said, super easy to I play. Know, uh, I said it's not that hard. Look, look, <laughs> anyway. Kyler, Kyler was, was like really happy with himself. He's like, yeah, man, I've been learning these songs. You know, it makes me really happy learning this. And Preston's like, yeah, but like they're not that hard. And I didn't mean it in that tone, but of course. And as soon as he said out. it, he was like, "Wow, that sounded awful." But, and I was like, "Oh, you fucking piece of shit!" Yeah, yeah, I guess but, I'm just a shitty guitarist. Tyler can't say much because he's got me twice on my singing. So <laughs> not you on go. your was it on your singing? Or it on was on my singing because we were talking shit about uh, Avenged Sevenfold, and I was like, "I'm not a great singer either." And you were like, "I'm yeah. going to take you down memory lane." <laughs> Agreed with him. I'm going to take you down memory lane. Do you remember when we were slightly intoxicated, and I'm not going to say off of what, and we were in here and we uh, did nutshell together? Ooh. Ooh. On the mics? Ooh, yeah, because I was starting to to play a little bit through the PA when I would practice so that I can, like, hear myself better. And you and I got on the microphones and, oh, love. So I went back to my... can I just say, greatest song ever written. Greatest... Yes! Thank you! Yes! Hey, I told you guys he did. That's metal as fuck. Told you guys he did. is the greatest song ever written, yes. So, I was... You know how Snapchat gives you, like, your memories from however many years ago on this date? Did it come up? 
Did we do it? Came up. I, re- I recorded it, bro. Send that to me. Okay, I will. Love you. This, I love you. This was, <laughs> I don't know, two or three years ago. I think it was two or three years ago. Sounds about right. And it was just me and Tyler in here, and he was like, "Bro, I learned Nutshell," and I was like, "Let's let's play it. Let's well, sing I'd, it." I've I known, Sean knew I've known Nutshell, nutshell yeah. for a very long you time. You relearned it, but I started singing and playing again, and I was like, you know, hey, I know you like this. Let's, let's do sing it. it. And so we, we plugged the mics in and I recorded it and we just like, he, it, it was, I don't know. It was like a spiritual experience. Bro. Why? Like, you didn't it release was bone it? chilling. You didn't release it? <laughs> we didn't even record it on like the mics. Oh, no, I just we put just my phone up and recorded it. Got you, got you, got you. And we just wanted to like run it through the PA yeah. ourselves, make sure we were in key. And all that shit. But it, should we have recorded it? Yes, to keep it. Absolutely. Do we need to do it again? You're goddamn right we do. But <laughs> Yeah, that sounds awesome. It was it was so cool. You know, you just talk about certain experiences that you have with music. And that was one that I will never, literally never forget. One, because it's in my phone. But two, it's just like, man, that's that's so cool. Like, this is our, like, our... Pro- favorite song ever yeah and i'm singing it with my with my boy like it's just it's cool man i can't sing to save my my fucking life sean covered that like back in the day yep he's the one that taught taught me that song so i don't want to get off of any certain topic but mitch like i didn't finish my point (laughs) oh shit i'm sorry go ahead Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, go, I'm sorry. Here I am being Go the ahead. asshole. No, 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 no. No, and I don't. I don't know. Shut that the I'll... fuck up, guys. I got my turn to talk. I don't know that I'll be able to land this, <laughs> land, land this plane. properly. Yeah, <laughs> but like we've talked about being overly critical of ourselves, and I think of certain examples, like when I first started being with the band and playing music, and we put a song together like for the first time as a four piece rather than a three piece. And I'm like man, this is cool, this is good, and then maybe we record it or we hear it back and I listen back through it and I'm like, that ain't, that ain't it. it. Right, right, that right. It's not, this has got to go here. That's boring. That's that's scripted, like felt scripted, like that. that's not it. Yeah. This has got to change. So I relate in a sense of you're talking about how we are over – overly critical of ourselves and maybe it's a personal flaw for maybe a lot of us i think it's just artists man it it is it's the artistic mind true artists that actually care about their product yeah yes like even if you draw like you're gonna erase that shit a hundred times before you fucking yeah 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 it's any kind i think you made a good point where it's it's any kind of artist i mean it took leonardo da vinci years to finish the mona lisa yeah you know it's just it's just like you know, yeah, you, you just get, you just get in this zone where like, you're like, man, this has got to, I know what I'm after and this Dude, isn't it. Screaming Evidence's most popular song is Say. It's the most downloaded Screaming Evidence song. How old is that song? So that We've talked song about it before. started in the summer of 2012. And it wasn't no released until yeah. 2020. And it was, I'm trying to think. And there's still it was shit. probably 2017, 2018 that Sean, me and him were kind of tinkering around with it again because I had found the lyrics. We we lost the lyrics and I found it in my uh, acoustic case because when we wrote it, we were we were at this camp, his, his family's uh, campgrounds in Michigan, 
and it was like 115 degrees and we're chilling in these fucking cabins damn it was horrible but we ended up writing this song um and had the lyrics to it and we ended up finding them and so we were going to start bringing it back but sean was like i don't like i don't like the verses very much and i was like well what do you want bro and he's like i what I kind of want, want this, and I was like, "All right, chord, chord, here you go." And then the the verses changed of say, but uh, from there he ended up writing a whole new like lyrical uh, song to, to later this, on uh, after we changed the verses. Yeah, so that song took years to develop. Um, Sarcasm was a perfect example of a song that you know we wrote in high school. I was in, like, probably 11th grade when we first kind of wrote the riffs and stuff But you it, guys but shit is so complex, to... man. Beijing like the... Green's an old-ass song, too, that was, mm-hmm. you know, came out on inhibitions, you know? Their their shit is so complex. It's very complex. That, like, to, to, to think of these chord progressions, mm-hmm. like, it can take a long time to, to arrange that. Mm-hmm. In a, in a satisfying manner. Well, well and it's, it goes back to, sorry, Preston, I don't mean to cut you off, but you go back to the being an artist that actually cares about their product. They're not going to put something out, especially now, if it is not, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want. But we're, we're still not our, happy with what we've put out. No. Right. We've right. talked about that on this show. Is I'm not that, happy with everything I've put yeah. out. Like. <laughs> I'm not We're never with, going to be thrilled. I'm yeah. not happy with the dick that I've put out, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, I, hey, we'll find out if uh, there, there's a second child. That's, that's how you know you did it right. <laughs> I, she's still with me, bro. God love her. God love the woman. She's still here, so... We're 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 on the right track, but you're correct. If there's a second child, we'll we'll know if like oh, that, that girl hey, loves that's, you. That's my response that's to anyone that says anything about my performance i'm like hey i got two kids i, I know i'm doing something right <laughs> facts. facts so i mean There's i'm, I'm half i got there. in there twice halfway there so that's the proof well mitch <laughs> I, you brought it up like over an hour ago but i do want to get back to it you want you said i wanted to bring up metal yeah so i wanted to circle back to that and make sure that you got the opportunity to bring up metal because hey we are a metal podcast so let's hear it yeah i wanted to just say you know metallica yes sir like huge influence on me okay love love, in what sense um just love one Mm -hmm. yeah love that fucking song love you know um ride the lightning that whole album Mm -hmm. my favorite metallica album ever yes um Master of Puppets, just all their shit, you know, basically. Uh, but, like, new metal, like Drowning Pool and... Um... <laughs> we talked about Drowning Pool a couple episodes ago, dude. Drowning Pool was my shit. They were freaking hard, Yeah, bro. they, they were, were like, they were Raise like... your hand if you're a sinner. Guilty. <laughs> so, Drowning Pool, in a way, was like one of the original... Um, what we think of as hardcore now, like yeah. I know so many people think about Drowning Pool as a new metal band, but like their lyrics and their their just the flow of their music reminds me so much of like modern day hardcore. I love that first so album, dude. Center, yeah, Center. Where Is that it's, the first one? I thought so. Yeah, Maybe I'm know. wrong. I thought yeah, Center with their it's, original vocalist. Yeah, 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 he, he died, died, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he died. It's so 
angry and just fucking that's what hardcore is is pissed off and drowning bodies in. reminded of you freaking, you got it bro you know what's up freaking yeah all that good stuff and then disturbed i was gonna bring up disturbed okay there we go yeah and disturbed was one of the bands that i thought did a great job especially in the early 2000s of bringing new metal fans to quote-unquote modern metal yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just with their, with Ooh. their, yeah, with their, that's, it was, that's better than I could do it. But yes, with their, like, they were so guitar driven, especially early on and single guitar band. I believe they're still a single guitar band. They don't have, are one. they? I thought so. As far as I know, but I Is could that be three wrong. Piece? No, it's, it's four piece. Because Dave Draymond doesn't play an instrument. Um, Got you. But. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. They did a great job of bringing new metal fans into... It, Disturbed to me was like if if Creed fucked Slipknot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You got had a baby. And had a baby, you had Disturbed. Disturbed is the product of baby fucking. It was, it was <laughs> like <laughs> Dad Rock... Right. Yeah. It was like Dad Rock fucked new metal, and here we go. We got Disturbed. They got yeah, they got some crazy shit, man. And then um corn. Okay, so big new metal fan, I'm feeling. Maybe not a big new metal fan, but definitely a, a new metal fan. I like yeah, and then just straight let, let me think here. Um I I went to a Slipknot concert. That's one thing I have not done. I've never seen Slipknot live, unfortunately. I've seen um, Corn live. It was but... Rock on the Range, so it was that like counts. a lot of people, Don't you know. But, yeah. But um, how was the show? Because I've heard mixed reviews about them live because of all the percussion. Yeah, it was a lot of percussion. It's a um, lot of percussion. Three percussionists. Yeah. Um, it sounded good though live. It definitely sounded good. Now, Preston, I believe, has seen Slipknot live as well, and I'd be interested yep. to hear what your what you thought of them live. Um, of course, it was a circus, um, and they sounded, I mean, I think I was a senior in high school, if I'm not mistaken, but they were awesome. Yeah, I it sounded really good, good live when yeah. I saw them at yep. Rock on the Range. Mitch, who has been your favorite metal band to see live? Like, what's the, and, and, let me rephrase this, maybe not even metal, but what's been the best live show you've ever been to who was it for me uh pearl jam no uh so you've seen pearl jam live in 2013 okay. i saw pearl jam and they played for like an hour and a half or more they played like two hours damn near Jeez. and like it was a long ass set list they did an encore yeah and um they played just everything from their their whole discography they just played everything and still sounded good that many years later. And this dude, Eddie Vedder, bro, he was swinging from a light. He was swinging from a lantern. He just drank a whole bottle of wine. Okay, that sounds and like he, Eddie Vedder. And he was swinging from a lantern while singing. He falls off the, like, this is like a hanging light. Like a stage light. Yeah, like a hanging light. He jumps on it. He starts swinging from it while he's singing. Then he falls off. He falls straight on his ass, like on his back. Then he's still singing while he's on the ground. And, like, it's just, like, still perfect pitch. Like, geez. cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Well, what's crazy, too, is, like, that dude's, like, a pack-a-day smoker kind of, kind of thing, too. Eddie and is? has been for, like, ever. Really? Interesting. I didn't know that. And so 
I don't know. It's just like instinctive to him to yeah. be able to. But like back in the nineties, he used to jump off the rafters, like yeah. high up there. Yeah, he used to jump off the freaking, you know, the, the, the top speakers, the set. top rails. Yeah, to crowd surf, like he's crazy, dude. Dude, he's I did wild. not know that about Eddie Vedder. I'm not. A, I mean, I I like Pearl Jam, but not like one of my all time favorite. Yeah, he's, by any means, but he's like, crazy, man. And and I, I just my dad, you know, I saw that with my dad, so it's kind of a. Sentimental you know, thing. That's a sentimental that's awesome. memory yeah. for that's me. That's awesome. That's awesome. My dad so, would never go to metal shows with me. He was like, oh, go see fucking Luke Combs. I'm like, all right, dad, whatever. That's cool. But, like, monuments? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's> a fucking <laughs> headbang, dad. <laughs> like, let's go punch people in the pit, dad. Like, oh, I'm fucking 50 years old, son. I ain't doing that. All right, well, dad. Well, dad. <laughs> I try. I've tried to get my dad into, like, the shit that I listen to. And he's like. Well, this isn't Metallica, and I'm like, no, Dad, it's not Metallica, and uh, it ain't worth the fuck. Then I, yeah, my dad, Jamie, my dad got me into grunge, so that's his awesome. For, me his too. Favorite band was Pearl Jam. Super okay. weird because our dads would be the same age. My dad was never into grunge. It's like he could not get out of the. He went straight from thrash and glam metal to dad rock. Right, like he went from Cinderella and Rat and Metallica and Megadeth to Creed. Right, like that. He he missed the entire. He doesn't like Pantera even. Like there's all those bands. He doesn't like Guns and Roses. If they were in the nineties, so he, 90s, he doesn't w- like the nineties. No, he doesn't like the nineties. Was he a Chains fan? No. Oh really? I no. figured your dad was since you're so into him. No, I don't even know how I became such the like worshiper of Allison Chains that I am, because my dad was not um, a huge Allison Chains fan. So, he, like I said, he went from, you know, I grew up on, um, so my dad's a gigantic Kiss fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, like, I mean, we had the Destroyer on vinyl, the Destroyer album on vinyl. Like, that was, Ace Fraley's the reason I started playing guitar. Kirk Hammett's the reason I started playing heavy music. I like Kiss a lot, by the way. Same. Can't I, stand him. Uh, I you loved don't. Kiss Can't growing up. Not like I listen to, to their music. Not like I listen to him anymore. But I grew up on Kiss. And yeah, like it took it took me the movie Role Models to really get into them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That was a great movie. Yeah. So for some reason, my dad skipped the entire 1990s musically and went. You know, he he just he went from 80s to and then the 2000s come along and he loves Creed and Fuel and. Um, a lot of those dad rock bands. She loves Shine Down, loves Seether, um, Stained, Three Doors Down, Breaking Benjamin, Godsmack, all the dad rock bands. Like, that's my dad's shit. But could never get him into metalcore, man. Could not get him into heavy shit. Even like something like um, Corn or Slipknot, just <sighs> couldn't do it. Yeah. Tried like hell, but couldn't. My dad do it. went to a Metallica concert back in the day, so. That, that's pretty cool. That's I a like whole ass experience. Bro. Haven't even met him, but I like your dad. <laughs> oh yeah, same. Yeah, he's a cool. He was a cool ass dude. But, um, but uh, yeah, he he's he's the one who showed me all the rock, all of it. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's it. Awesome. All comes from something we've talked about yeah. so many times on this show. You know, we all, you know, if if our dads didn't listen to something of that nature, it would have been harder for us to find. Um, what it is we love today because you know man if i wouldn't have grown up on metallica i'd have never picked up a guitar yep. i'd have never got into the earlier metalcore bands that were kind of like i called them thrash core like kill switch 
all the remains as I lay dying, Bullet for My Valentine, the real pioneers of of modern day metalcore because they had those elements of thrash metal in them and that's why I got into that kind of yeah. music, right? And if it wasn't for my dad showing me Metallica and Megadeth, I would have never got into those bands. Yeah. So it's we, we gotta kinda thank our elders on that one. And and what about Pantera? How do you feel about them? I love Pantera. So it is Pantera to me was the combination of when when you think about metalcore today, I read the definition of it right. It's it's extreme metal and hardcore punk. Well, isn't that what Pantera was? Pretty much. They yep. had pretty much. Yeah. Phil, Phil Ensemble was screaming. Yeah. It was a different mm-hmm. kind of scream, but he was screaming, and it was very uh, melodic guitar work by Dimebag. And yeah, Dimebag's a legend, dude. Yeah. One of the greatest guitarists yeah. ever drawn a breath. Yeah. And so yeah, when you. Master. Huh? Riff Master. Riff Master, yeah. But he's also a solo master, too. So when you th- when you think about modern day metalcore, I mean, Pantera was kind of doing some of that <laughs> Way shit. Way ahead back of their time. Then, right? Like, they had some thrashy shit, too. Like, go listen to Domination. That shit's fast as fuck. Yeah. But in the 90s grunge is dominating everything yeah. and you have this underground hardcore crazy distortion mm-hmm. fast piss the fuck off dudes called pantera that started as a glam a hair metal band believe it or not if you didn't know that you do now pantera was a hair metal band and pantera is the spanish word for panther right just throwing that out that's there. but i did not know they did hair they metal. were a hair metal band before you know cowboys from hell vulgar display of power all that shit in the early to mid 90s that's um, interesting and they were comp- name another compare pantera to somebody else find me another band that's just like pantera it's hard to do good luck because um, i've yet to find one it's no. it's 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 not Guns N' Roses. It's Hell not. No. I mean, there there was. It's not Alice in Chains. It's not Pearl Jam. <laughs> in the nineties, there was Pantera, and then there was grunge. Yeah, and I can agree with that. Metallica goes. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mainstream in the nineties. Yeah, definitely. That black album, the black album, the black album was the start of it, and then Load and Reload really went mainstream and, mm-hmm. and softer. Still love them. Not saying they're not. I do too. Yeah. They're, they're good albums, but it's not what they were. So a lot of the fans that were that were pissed off when Metallica made that sonic change from the thrash metal to the more mainstream metal had to find an outlet, right? And they either went to grunge or they went to something like Pantera. Mm-hmm. And most likely, the fans that were pissed off that Metallica wasn't thrashy anymore gravitated towards Pantera. Yeah, and it's like the. The grunge fans were like at a at odds with the metal fans, mm-hmm. even though they were doing shows together. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, Alice Chains played with Metallica. Yeah, yeah. And and Jerry Cantrell, you know, his biggest influence is Metallica. And we we got into not an argument, but a, a little bit of a disagreement where I almost consider Alice in Chains metal versus grunge i was about to yeah because dude Alice Jerry has a lot of metal in their shit don't you think mm-hmm. tyler bounces back and forth with it because i see the argument and i see it, here's my thing is is alice in chains metal or is just grunge metal because bands like nirvana it's hard to define what grunge is yeah we don't know what grunge is but nirvana isn't grunge nirvana is not grunge right nirvana's punk they're punk thank you they're punk yep 
what people I've been can, saying. People yep. can fight with me. All, all you fucking listeners out there, you can fight with us if you want. Nirvana is punk. <laughs> they are not. It was it was like pop punk. Yes. Because Kurt Cobain was so influenced by old pop music like the Beatles uh-huh. and stuff. But he was also influenced by Black Flag and stuff. Of, yep. You know, punk. punk music that was emerging in three chord like, heroes when he was and stuff, and he kind of combined it. Then he became a double lot buckshot hero. Oh Christ! That's the second episode I've talked about that. Man, you keep you keep bashing on this dude, and like Mitch and I over here, we love Kurt Cobain. Yeah, we love his music. I was gonna say Nirvana is my problem with him. Nirvana is my biggest influence. One of them. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I, I, I really don't want to. I, I guess I just want to counter with you. This is always interesting to me when people say Nirvana. The spice. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Rap battle. I have finished him. Yo, with Jay Kurt. Uh, <laughs> I have the utmost respect for anybody that has musical influences. Yeah. But I'm always curious because I think Kurt Cobain is so bland right. and mundane. He's a three chord hero. Right. He played the same three chords Power in every chords. one of his fucking songs. The guitar was and, an accent I don't think, to what he did. I don't did. think that's any different than like hair metal and stuff they were all playing a few but like if you listen to his interviews he's not saying like he says i'm not a great musician i just am a songwriter basically so like he's just is it his angst that got you i'll tell you what it's the guitar tones Mm -hmm. it's sort of his like how is he singing while straining his voice that much but he's still perfect pitch Mm -hmm. or you know, it's just sort of his, like, his lyrics are really abstract. Yes. And, like... There's a lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> his, his lyrics are... New Sleep Token fan. Are abstract <laughs> and not, not like other... Not like normal lyrics. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. They're very cryptic, if you will. So you combine all that and, you know, it makes for an interesting band, in my opinion. Yeah. And... My whole thing was that I never understood, and Preston, I've had this conversation before, I've never understood why Nirvana has such uh, longevity compared to bands like Alice in Chains when I personally consider Alice in Chains so much more musically talented and deep than Nirvana. and so, Because they weren't using... Um... They're using much more simple chords, like power chords and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's because of our guitar background. Like, that's what we were after. Very musically driven. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, No, you're good. It was was more songwriting with Nirvana than it was more riffy, you know, shit. Well, there's there's two parts. There's the pop influence. And so you have some of those pop formulas. And we've talked about it on the show where it's like, people don't want to be surprised. You know, they yep. Yep. they don't want all this super complicated shit, whereas mm-hmm. Alice in Chains have very complicated harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, their their songwriting was not just generic shit. But I mentioned on a, it was either the first or the second episode, I was talking about a band called A Story Told, and it, it was like we were just kind of talking about bands that we'd been listening to lately, and you know, recommending some, some stuff for people to talk about. And, and what gravitates me towards that band isn't that they're super complicated. You know, the songs that they're writing aren't crazy. It's 
as a composer, you're choosing a melody and a cadence and a rhythm. And then you're choosing how am I going to harmonize with that? Right. What harmonies am I going to choose? And for that band, it was very much the reason I enjoy listening to them is I love the choices that they made. And so for Nirvana, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, you know, Kurt was doing quite a bit for being a singer-songwriter that wasn't a super talented vocalist, wasn't a super talented guitar player, but he's having to do both at the yep. same time. Yeah. And so he was very limited in what he could he could really do live, so he didn't write. Can I make one point? I'm about to argue the shit out. But, of can I make one Mitch. point real quick? Can mm-hmm. I make one point real quick? Yeah, that's all you. Um, I think that the biggest thing that Nirvana influenced was that structure of quiet, and then it just explodes on the mm-hmm. chorus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, you have this the dynamics. Yeah, the yep. dynamics. That's yep. the biggest thing they influenced. Yeah. All right, Tyler. I'm about to. I'm about to. He's going to bring up James Hetfield while he's... You fucking knew it. He's bringing up James Hetfield while he picks fast as fuck. No, 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 no. I know what you're going to say because he is really good at playing complicated stuff on the guitar while singing. So why the fuck is Nirvana almost as big as Metallica because James Hetfield runs fucking laps around Kurt Cobain when it comes to one, vocal talent, two, guitar talent, and three, putting the two together? Uh-huh. Because... At the same time that Metallica is very good at what they do, it's still sometimes too complicated for yeah, the, the average, average listener. Yes. So, so Nirv- okay, Nirvana so- connected with more people. Yep. It's not that they were better than any of these other bands. They connected with more people because yep. more people understood their music. Yep. But yeah, I just think he had... Uh, Dark lyrics, along with Alice in Chains, I think that era of grunge, you know, really just was sort of about that depression mm-hmm. or about that sort of, you know, uh, inner torture, the torture of your inner angst. self. Yeah, a- right. angst. Well, there was a ton of a ton of that feeling at that time. I mean, you, you think about what was going on um, kind of in the world, in the country. During that like late 80s, early 90s, and I think a lot of people really connected with that angst of, you know, grunge and punk, and um, I think Nirvana was able to capture that and deliver it in a way that a lot of people were able to enjoy the, the music Relate sonically. With but also relate with what he was talking about. And so um and there was so, like a simple so counter argument feel to it. Yeah, the, people didn't have to guess what was coming next. Yeah. Yeah, I I just always struggled with it because when I think of you know James Hetfield versus <clears throat> excuse me. Um Kurt Cobain, it's like yeah, James was doing that times 10 lyrically vocally musically so i always struggled with the nirvana thing but you know when you think about how much sense it makes as far as a uh listenability standpoint Mm -hmm. nirvana was definitely a lot easier for 
the majority of people, the average Joe, to listen to and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I vibe to that, then mm-hmm. something off of Ride the Lightning. Right, for sure. You know, it's just, it's all, we talk about it all the time, it's subjective. It's all subjective. And that's why when I, I can relate, Nirvana was the, I prevail and Beartooth are the modern day Nirvana. But like my whole yeah, thing is like, how do you hate Nirvana, but defend Nickelback? I'll fight. I'll fight. I'll fuck with my Nickelback. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought Puddle of Mud, Nickelback. I feel like they're just rip off bands of like yeah. early grunge. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of metalcore bands Puddle that are like Mud that, too. Puddle of Mud had some fucking jams, though, man. But I love Control. Puddle of Mud. I love Puddle of Mud. Yeah. I'm not going to shit on Disturbed, but Disturbed is the same thing. It's so a rip-off Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Yep. There's so many bands that. that we've talked about that are like, I call them radio core or what, octane core. <laughs> that, that are just like, yeah, I, I want to be a metalhead, but I don't like unclean vocals, or I don't like, you know, whatever. Or I, I'm not talented enough to do this. Or, or I'm yeah. not musically educated enough to understand what's going on in this. Sure. So I listen to Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> and I am so guilty. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so guilty of judging people for being that way. I cannot. It is so unrealistic of me to expect everybody to dissect music on the level that I do or, or we do as a group here and, and be like, well... I'm a metal elitist, and if you don't listen to X, Y, and Z, then you're not a real metalhead. And that's very unfair of me to be that way, and I'm getting better. I still have my moments, but I think all of us defend the music that we love so fiercely that sometimes we have the tendency to be like, why the fuck do you like that? Because that's not as good as this. And I used to be like that because I used to, you know, bash other people that was popular and stuff. But at the end of the day... You know, you have you have these memories that uh, are associated with that particular artist. Mm-hmm. So then, like, you might start to warm up to them yep. in, a, in a retrospective sense. It's all about growth, right? Yeah. I mean, being a musician, being an artist, and being a music fan, it's all about growth. And we've talked about that a lot tonight. And So, Mitch, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. It's a fucking interesting, super unique conversation that we've had, and I'm glad that you were able to join us on a very short notice all the way from South Carolina. Yeah, um, man. Come hang out with us. So and I hope you, you enjoyed know. it. I, I think it's been cool getting a different perspective. Everyone we've had on the show so far is is like metalheads like us. You do have like the rock and the punk and everything like that, but um, it's interesting getting a different perspective from like a different genre of music dealing with the the music industry and the way that you deal with it um, and things like that. So for sure, I appreciate you coming and on. And so, like you know, hey, thanks for uh, having me on the show, guys. And you know, uh, it's been a very interesting conversation. I really appreciate it. And you know, uh, follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Spotify. And uh, give us the handles. It's Mitchell T. Just Mitchell T. Straight right, up. Mitchell T. And. Um, you know, keep up because I'm releasing Look Around um, next Friday. So Hell let's yeah, go. Dude, let's Hell go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right, so make sure make sure you give Mitchell a follow. Make sure you give us a follow at TSIS Podcast on all social media platforms. Check out our Patreon if you want to binge our content and get access to all our bonus content. Definitely check our OnlyFans if you get a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you. We love you so much. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots. Peace, love, dove.